0: From the fabulous and famous Fitzpatrick's Castle Hotel in Dublin, Ireland, you're listening to the award-winning What's the Story podcast. Now, here's your hosts, Danny Murray and Graham Merrow-Merrigan. Hello,
1: welcome along to chapter 47 of What's the Story podcast. My name is Danny Murray, and alongside me, as always, Graham Merrow-Merrigan. How are you, Danny? You well? Great. Yeah, Brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. We're coming to you, as always, from Fitzpatrick Castle Hotel in the heart of the borough here in Killiney. Beautiful surroundings. Uh, check out com, or you can pop up, uh, go to the Dungeon Bar and Grill, as always, into the library bar, wherever you want. There's a little piano up there as well. Somebody does be playing that. One Night Graham's is going to play. <laughs> yeah, I wish. I'd love
2: to be able to, the, be able to
1: play the piano. Bit of Billy jo- jo- Is it Joel or Joel? Joel. Billy. Joel. Well, I'd say Joel, but apparently... Joel, i don't know billy joel
2: isn't it
1: i would have said joel
2: dave brock's a huge fan he says joel
1: no last Dave Brockton. yeah uh, speaking of dave's our guest this week <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is uh the man who has brought rte some of our best work over the last decade it's actually mad it's like nearly 10 years since yeah. dan and bex like
0: yeah yeah it's a long time
1: but dave Coffey, thanks very much for joining us no man. problem really appreciate it i'm looking forward to this one um but before we get talking to Dave about Dan and Bex and Sarah and Steve and the commute and Fade Street and everything else and all those kind of things, Graham, it's time for a little something I like to call housekeeping. <laughs> Actually, what was the tune? <laughs> you don't know. You don't have the jingle anymore. You don't, have the jingle. don't know the jingle. Come here. I was at Darren Brown during the week, um, him of magic and all that sort of crack in Nama Hall, as Christy Mower likes to call it. Oh, yeah. I was. Which one's Nama Hall? <laughs> uh, the, the Grand Canal. Oh, yeah. Grand Canal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh,
2: what is it? it's
1: Grand Canal Theatre Bourgash? Bourgash. It's out of three names. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah, the, the Grand Canal's probably the easiest one to remember. He's
2: on over a few nights, is he? Uh, yeah, I think he's doing three
1: or four nights. Anyway, yeah, Darren. It's, it's Darren. Yeah, D, D- E. e. Oh, yeah. yeah,
0: not D A. Um, Do you guys usually spend the whole podcast arguing about how you pronounce names? Or yeah, pretty, pretty, yeah. Yeah, that's, pretty much. Yeah. We bicker a lot. Yeah. Yeah. We're like, yeah. we're like an old oh, I say copy. Joel, by the way, just to. to yeah. <laughs> <a very laughs> nice. Sorry to disagree with you. Joel's a bit fancy. <laughs> <Billy Joel. laughs>
1: i think it's probably just people from ballybrack like to sound posher to me yeah <laughs> probably
0: yeah
3: <laughs> I have was darren anyway amazing yeah. yeah
1: um i got to be part of the show because uh really yeah i was sitting in front row and he handed me an envelope he's like mind that and don't let anybody touch it and he's like don't open it and i was like it's a little bit was like no don't open it at all no wait, for, for how long the entire show like literally, oh my literally he walks on stage does like a little sort of Whatever, where a little bit of back and forth in the crowd, and he goes over to tell, picks up an envelope, and he's like, "This is a sealed envelope with the number ten on it, scribbles on it, or whatever." And then goes over and he sees me, and he goes, "All right, what's your name?" I said Danny, and he goes, "All right, Danny, you're to mind that for the rest of the night. Don't anybody touch it. You don't open it." Blah 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 blah. So I'm sitting there for the entire night, being real paranoid, like. <laughs> so sitting there, like even during the interval and all, I was like, I need to go to the toilet, but like, what do you know, I do with the envelope? What with me yeah, here. exactly. Like, is what? there an <laughs> interval? Yeah, yeah, uh, 15 minutes or so.
2: So you had it for the interview as well? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'd have to open
1: it. And um, obviously I don't want to ruin it because the show is still touring. So I don't want to say kind of what happens and everything. Ah, come on. Just tell us. All I'm going to say is... Are you not going to tell us? You have to, oh, I tell, have us. to tell us. I what was in the envelope?
0: You have to tell us. What was, in, it,
1: was us. in the envelope was a newspaper. Okay. And he had certain things done in the newspaper, like pre-marked and all this sort of stuff. That related to the show. Exactly. That, like, during the show would have been significant from members of the audience. It's all set and up. In, it wasn't, though. It was. It's all set up. It definitely wasn't, crime well, Actually, as Is I was going to say...
0: does the old switcheroo at some point, does he, after he takes I, it back off Yeah, That's
1: what I was really thinking, because I like, was, like, sh- there something going on. But he literally, like, standing from me to Graham away from yeah. me, took the envelope off me and opened it in front of me. Yeah. So I was like, it's either I'm terribly bad with my eyes <laughs> or which you are you only have one eye that's true yeah and uh, <laughs> and I need glasses at that as well so like but uh, yeah it was bananas he done, he done um, this one was called Miracle and uh, the whole thing was he was like kind of half taking the piss half kind of showing people that these like mad hate uh, hate ugh, we'll try that again faith healers in America that like cure people through mm. miracles and like all that sort of stuff he was like it's all bullshit it's all bad for you you know
2: A huge uh Money money. Racket, isn't yeah, it? That's that. what, and that's
1: what he was pointing out, and he was showing clips like of this one dude who was like like a stadium, like 30,000 people, and he's like, and don't forget, when you're filling in the form, you need to put in how much your credit card limit is, you need to put in the security code on the back, and you need to put the expiry date, and, all. and people are just like scribbling going, and I was like, this is bananas, mm. but um, he's done this whole thing with the crowd anyway, and he was like, look, anybody who has something wrong with them, and they'd like to be healed, feel free and I'll do my best. Like, and there was one girl there who wore glasses and then she couldn't read without them and then all of a sudden she could read. There was another lad there who, wow. like, it was all just mad stuff but then there was just one lad then who, uh, he was saying that he had hurt his hamstring and he was like, don't tell me how you hurt it. And uh, he was just going, your mum was just talking and he was like, you hurt it playing a GA match last Thursday, didn't you? He was like, yeah. He was like, uh, And hey. he was like, it was only after about five minutes, wasn't it? And he was like, yeah. And he was like, yeah. There's somebody in your family who's having surgery, isn't there? And he was like, What? And he was like, Have you... Is your, is your man got problems with our back? And your man started freaking out. He was like, Yeah, yeah. He was like, She's going to be grand. Don't worry about it. And everyone was like, What the fuck just happened there? Like, what what so, is hammy? Huh? What are his hamstring? He he was able to do lunges and stretches, but a toy dermal was done with
2: him. So how can... Was Darren not exposing the people in America? He was. He was saying that, look, if I can he's, trick He's people. not
0: saying it's magic. Or, yeah. or it's not like... God, or whatever, yeah, it's exactly. a trick. Oh, just able it's to a, do it. okay. He was
1: saying, like, if if I can trick people into thinking they're perfectly healthy and there's nothing wrong anyone with it, anyone can. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. He's like, it's all well, tricks. It's, it, it, how easy I would love lads. to know
0: how they do that kind, yeah. of, that kind of specific mind reading. Oh, so stuff like
1: we, we had a Paul Gleason Rua, yeah, the magician, Rua. He's, a, he's like an Irish version of Darren Brown and them kind of things on before. I'd love to get him on again and be like, just tell us how we did it. Tell us. Yeah, just tell he
2: exposed a bit, didn't he, Rua?
1: He, yeah, oh. he kind of, he, he let us in a little bit, like, yeah but, um obviously, as Did well you ever see
2: those, like you said, the stadiums of, like, twenty thirty thousand 30,000 people kind of yeah. going, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. cured pra- and all, going pra-
1: crazy. Pra- praise him and all. Praise <laughs> like, him going and all. Mad. Like, it's, it's bananas. It's all the power of the mind, isn't yeah, it? Bit yeah, time. that's it, mind over matter yeah. and all that kind of stuff, like, but, yeah, that was my Darren Brown experience. I You've got seen him a
2: few times, haven't you?
1: Yeah, I, I'm a little bit of a... Magic kind of nerd Like I love going to see Like Penn and Teller Or
2: anything like that i always I've yeah. only ever seen David Copperfield Yeah I'm, well, I'm going, going to Vegas We're, we're going to go. Go, go you see David Copperfield? In Vegas Wow
0: yeah. That must have been Expensive
2: was it? Um, No we got You know the The give back tickets You go oh, You, yeah, you yeah. go to some hut in the day And yeah. you get tickets For like I think it was like $50
0: Was that good The show?
2: Yeah it was It was a bit um, Surreal Seeing David Copperfield On stage Like mm-hmm. um but some of the stuff I was kind of going, even being in the little—it's not even an arena; it's just a little theater—and you're kind of going, what the f-? "He he appears on a Harley Davidson in the middle of the stage, and you're like, like, Where did it get to Harley Davidson? How did? How was yeah. it just there?'" Yeah. And one of the lads actually got brought up on stage. They had these big joint balls and the music stopped, and if you held the ball, you go up on stage. So one of our mates went up, and uh, he wouldn't tell us how to. He partook in a trick. I wouldn't tell us. Uh, how it was done
0: yeah, like he knew how it was done he knew it he was subscribed.
2: done and he still and to this he still day he won't tell, tell us yeah. oh, that's, so that's annoying that's dedication, so annoying. Yeah, dedication. Noel, Noel Matthews he still won't tell us it's like man, oil. how did you bloody do it he's like no <laughs> I was like we swore to secrecy he's like no I just don't yeah. want to tell you it's like ah oh, you're fuck's sake <laughs> but uh, it was it was good it was surreal I'd, I'd recommend it if you're in Vegas to anyway yeah. Yeah. is he still doing it yeah yeah he, he like, has a residency there I think he just he does two shows on a Saturday yeah
1: wow and those be packed. I remember yeah. seeing the queue I haven't gone see him I've been to Vegas couple times I haven't gone see him yet I think I'll go this time but there's the queue should be huge there's real
2: aspects of the show where they show a vignette of him as a kid and his, his father's in the army and his father's going off to work and he's like playing on this wooden swing and falls off the swing it's just crazy I don't even know what it means <laughs> you're left kind of going what the hell is that <laughs>
1: probably exactly what he wants from you though yeah exactly yeah um complete change of pace um uh, an irish man Uh, another one i can't remember his name probably should have wrote it down before I came up here but uh we have a new youngest irish person to have reached the summit of everest really yeah just this week um age 26 wow makes makes me wonder what i'm doing with my life (laughs) (laughs) but uh Oh so, yeah, because he had Ian Taylor on. Yeah, Ian Taylor on. He's yeah. an
2: Irish adventurer. He was. Yeah.
0: He actually was on. Was he the youngest himself? He, he was, was one at one stage. stage yeah.
1: At yeah. yeah. um, what age did he do it? Yeah. Twenty eight. Oh, he I done that. He's raging now. So, I'd say he is raging. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think somebody else broke it though in between. So twenty seven year olds. Yeah. So somewhere out there, there's somebody else. I know. He's no twenty five now. Ian Taylor felt like back. But in But Ian
2: day. Taylor was just on a on a you know a a year out in South America, and they're after climbing Machu Picchu. And they are on the back of the bus and they were like, let's do Everest. And they just did it. Wow. So it wasn't a case that they're being adventures. I, did, I did Machu Picchu, but I don't think I'd make it up Everest <laughs> <next> <laughs> at the same time. But probably the most unfit person to do Machu Picchu. Really? i getting up
0: Everest um, anytime soon. Well, yeah, um, but he
2: was on, yeah, he was on before, but people have died. Of, I've noticed you went on a rant on social media this week again.
3: I went on a rant. We, Thanks very we, much.
2: We previously spoke about debt in sport and...
1: That was just really
0: dangerous. Isn't
2: That's yeah. what I was saying. Ravis so Danny, Danny, since the MMA death in Ireland a couple of weeks ago, uh, Carvalho. Carvalho, um, people have been t- crying out for MMA to be banned. We're MMA fans. We feature MMA quite a lot on the podcast. But ever since that, Danny <laughs> has been on social media and anytime he sees a death in another sport, he puts it up on his Facebook and he's like, should, should we ban football? Should we ban mountain climbing? So, I'm getting them ask, another one this I'm,
1: week. I'm just asking the question, because we've had three marathon runners die, we've had three footballers die on a football pitch, and now we've had four people die on Everest. Mm. And Joe Duffy's phone line seemed very quiet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so no,
3: like, I, I absolutely like, agree. With like, you like I, know you it, I know it's not You comparable. can't
1: ban every sport. Like, yeah, and I know it's not comparable. I know it's not the exact same thing as somebody going out on a football pitch to kick a ball around and they drop dead for whatever reason as to somebody getting punched in the head i know it's different but what i'm saying is is death in one sport more acceptable than the other where everest you can't reach the summit without going above twenty six thousand feet and that's called the, death, the zone, death zone yeah for a fucking reason like you know what, <laughs> what i
2: mean you, you can't live Why there you put your body through the death zone exactly yeah
1: you know and people climb over people to reach the summit when they know that person is dying right there like you know what i mean if you collapse up there that's it you're done
0: yeah
2: forget
1: it you know and um
0: also, to make your way past dead bodies. Yeah, there, yeah. Because they can't that's get the mic down.
1: And exactly. Like Ian Taylor actually said that, like, at one point, because they had, like, a, a film crew with them, they were filming it all. And uh, at one point, they were just stopping to get certain shots from the mountain and whatever. And he sat down, he just looked to one side. And Scott Fisher, who was one of the most famous mountain climbers, his body was just, like, a couple of feet away from him. He was just staring at it. Like, God, so. That's nuts. It's so weird. Like, they, to,
2: just, they abandoned them as well, are not they? Even the rescue teams <clears> and stuff. Yeah, I don't have a balance right. Well, world, they don't go back over them. No, well, they can't.
1: That's just yeah, yeah. yeah, they can't. Is there
0: like, any checks on who's allowed to go up? Like, do you have to yeah. pass some some kind of well, test or... This is the
1: thing. Like, So, it used to be pretty much a free-for-all. Like, right. the youngest person who ever climbed Everest is 13 years of age. Honestly speaking, I don't think a 13-year-old should be going to yeah, Everest. Yeah, Everest like, You know what I mean? 13? 13. Uh, 13. Yeah, an American kid uh, in 2001. And he survived. So is it a
0: free-for-all like, for all as as far back as 2001? Like It was, not, not it, yeah, that it's, back?
1: it's, even now, like, so, they, after that, they were kind of like, all right, we shouldn't have 13-year-olds up there, so, 16-year-olds are okay, though. I'm still not sure that's even yeah. all right. Um, but I don't think you have to produce proof that, like, you've climbed certain summits before this, and you're building up to it or anything, like, so, I don't really know in terms of qualifications, but, like...
2: Even regulation for allowing a thirteen year old to go to a well, debt zone.
1: I think so long as you pay there's like a visa you have to pay for and there's obviously a fee and then you have to make contributions to the Sherpas and that kind of thing, like mm. I think as so long as you have all that covered and you're sort of saying, Yeah, I'm I'm fit and able. Yeah. Th- they go, All right, we're taking you with your word, away you go like, And
0: how many people die a year do you know? Uh
1: well it converted the last like two thousand fifteen and two thousand fourteen were really bad years because there was landslides and avalanches and um man that Google executive was killed at base camp in an avalanche oh yeah so I think there's been like 17 or 18 deaths in the last two years there's been four so far this year and then he's over there now isn't he I think he's doing oil and peaks at the moment oh. or else he's doing the the charity school thing that he has I can't never name but it but
2: all these travel agents are competing against each other when they yeah. get to base camp who's going to go up first And so it is co- competitive like yeah
1: um, but overall there's like over 260 bodies on the mountain just left there like never mind the ones who like died lower down that they could get off mm. so crazy crazy place altogether. there you go
2: you wouldn't get me near <laughs> <laughs> not dead zone anyway <laughs> Jesus. but yeah watching know. the when you're watching the um, what's the, the summit is it is it the
3: summit
1: the documentary of K2 yeah
2: or even the movie Everest when you're watching that and you see them gassing for oxygen it's yeah scary stuff
1: the, the documentary k2 was amazing i don't know if you've ever seen it no it was it. it was on like netflix and all that for, it probably still is but it um it's like everest's smaller but more evil brother it's part of the same sort of family of mountains i guess but it's just a little bit smaller but much harder to climb yeah. so people who climb it are like yeah look everest is the one the tourists go for but the, the diehard the real climbers want to climb k2 <laughs> and um it focuses heavily on this Irish guy who was involved in it and trying to climb it. And um, there was just like that, just an accident, and a load of them went missing on the mountain. And, but the documentary itself is amazing. I was going to say I don't want to the ending, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all, the, all these mountain some documentaries end the same the footage, way. Like,
2: some of the footage shown in it is like you're kind of questioning whether it's reconstruction or if it's actual footage. It was actual
1: footage, yeah. yeah. You're
2: kind of going, how do they record that?
1: If you nice. haven't if you haven't watched K two yet, yeah, lads, watch K two. Basically, it's long and short way. Louis Van Gaal got sacked. Definitely, a hundred percent. Yeah, 100%, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm gonna miss his weird random outbursts.
2: It was terrible how he done it. I thought because they just won the, the cup final, and then ten minutes after they won it, like yeah, Louis Van Gaal has been sacked. Like what?
1: That's how you felt after Fair City, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I was was on on City, he was on Fair City. He was on Fair City for about five minutes, and then <laughs> five seconds the ratings went up and they said see you later Graham." that's it we got what we wanted out of you I'll be back it's still
2: opening for me to come back
0: it's still an open uh, did you have a line? yeah what did you say? <laughs> yes so
2: the storyline was uh, my up. wheelchair basketball team one of the characters in, in Fair City um, ended up in a wheelchair and, and his storyline was the progression of his rehabilitation so it got to the point where he's been introduced to sport so he was introduced to wheelchair basketball Then an air club got involved. Oh, your actual club? Yeah, my Ballyrack Bulls. Um, So then... Go Bulls. Yeah, go Bulls. (laughs) Then um, the introduction of a new character was his love interest, but she was my girlfriend. (sighs) Triangle. Yeah. So um, after a match, they were celebrating in the pub. I dropped her off to the pub. I was in the car and my single line was, Annie Parking. That's all I said. Beautiful it was though. But I Wait, delivered it brilliantly.
0: So you were th- you were this guy's girl's boyfriend.
2: Oh, I was the boyfriend. Yeah, and it your whole
0: a- the whole all you had to say in the whole love triangle storyline was what well, any parking? Yeah. Oh <laughs> right, <Dave>, calm now. <laughs> I just feel like you're probably under service as a like character. You, like, like you. how are we supposed to feel anything they, for you they, or for the fact that he's stolen your yeah. girlfriend if you didn't get that On seven. the lead
2: up to that, they showed footage of a basketball match uh, where me and the character in Fair City Steve had a rivalry. So, but I didn't talk. And right.
0: the only thing I talked, But you're on the same team. No, no, we uh, were against each other. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah,
2: so he joined the wheelchair basketball club. That wasn't us. Right. And it was a league match against us. And
0: okay, so he stole your girlfriend. Yeah, what? Where did that?
2: Yeah. Did it go anywhere? Or? Um, she then legged it from Carrickstown to teach wheelchair basketball in England, so she's gone now as
0: well. Right. But
2: there's room for the two of us to come back. That's if true, any, yeah. there's yeah. any writers listening, I'm, I'm open to going back. How
0: did you so. feel they portrayed <laughs> the storyline of no of him being in a wheelchair? Did you, did oh, you it think was, it good. was a good.
2: They they um they contacted the riders contacted Irish Wheelchair Association. And our coach, the Bulls coach, is a sports development officer, and he uh, assists them with script and words and how the how the actor could sit, how we should sit in the chair, and that's how we got. He started playing basketball with us for research purposes, but now he's part of the club still. Because yep. in wheelchair basketball in, in Ireland, you can have one able-bodied person play right. uh, in a starting five, so we haven't managed to get rid of him since. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Steve, I think you're a great player. He if is you're good, listening, he's a yeah. good player. I love Steve. Gunn. He's, he's developing brilliantly. He. Um, so yeah, yeah, that was that. That was your fair city experience. <laughs> yeah. Great, all together. Bring back Rocco. That's what we need to <laughs> do. Yeah, my name, is Rocco. My name <laughs> was Rocco. Rocco, Sorry. yeah, good <laughs> cool name. Yeah. But yeah Where anyway, are we get Rocco from? That's um, that's all we have for housekeeping this week. <laughs> yeah. <that's, laughs> another tangent. Is there anything you want to bring up or no? Nope. No. Yeah. I brought
2: my beef up with you over your social media.
1: Yeah, that's true. You did. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still going to do it. Look, I'm just going to. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm going to have to put the emoji, though. Do you know the little fishing emoji? Yeah. just <laughs> start putting that in. Would you not
2: ring Joe Duffy yourself and ask them why they don't bring it up? Yeah, talk to Joe. Talk to Joe. That's what he's there for.
1: I will. Do you know what? I'll send him an email tomorrow. Yeah. I just feel like I'm just I've been listening all week wondering when you were going to bring it up yeah. and I feel like you're not going to what's yeah. going on. Yeah, do
0: plug the podcast in the middle of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah
1: exactly. Yeah. If I got on air, that's probably all I would do to be honest with you. No, <laughs> no, Joe, I was listening to this What's the Story podcast <laughs> available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Podbean, right? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> oh man, it'd be great, crack all together. Mm. Anyway, look, that's housekeeping done. Uh, Dave, on to you. How are you? Good, thanks. Great. Um, <laughs> that's it that's it <laughs> the whole writing for tv kind of thing
0: how how do you even get into that for a start how do i get into that um i kind of a little bit by accident i think um i studied film and television in, in college but i never really had a big plan to that i wanted to be a writer and like that i just kind of put it down in my cao and it was about 50 or 56 on my cao and i ended up getting it and then didn't really know anything about it, so I rang up um, uh, the sister of a mate of mine who'd done the course and she kind of sold me on it. I was like, yeah, cool, I'll go and do this. And I remember even in first year being a bit like, don't know if I'm going to end up like finishing first year or finishing, you know, whatever. Yeah. But I ended up loving it and uh, I kind of sort of got into editing towards the end of it and I did a little bit of writing, not not really much. Um, and then left college had a couple of different jobs uh, working as an editor one of them was for the wrestling channel which we shall have to talk about later on Absolutely, yeah. and um, <clears throat> between jobs between working in the wrestling channel and working somewhere else um I was unemployed and uh, I had an idea for a tv show and I kind of had the skills to to sort of make it myself because it was a simple idea and, and it was the idea for Dan and Beck so I went off and and Shot it myself and then just uh, shot a pilot, like and just sent it around to a bunch of production companies. And one of them happened to pick it up and they happened to bring it to RT and they happened to make it. So that was sort of how I ended up writing.
1: And was it something that you had always like because you said you went to college to do it? Was it something that throughout school and I were thinking, yeah, I'd like to get involved in that? Or was it
0: no? I like so I I, I was into writing when I was younger because my my I remember my mum sent me to this kind of creative writing class, me and me and a friend did it and I enjoyed it mm. and I remember like in school writing like a book now, when I say a book it was like a copy book but like a long, long story for being in, I don't know, fourth or fifth class or whatever it was. Yeah. So I always was kind of into writing but never thought about it as a job and I don't think I really had a clue what I wanted to do. Like I remember... I had things like psychology and stuff down in my CEO, so I was, it was quite varied. Whoa, Yeah, psychology and writing? Yeah, psychology, I had history, I had English, I had loads of just random things. Like a lot of people when you're 17, yeah. you just have a clue what you want to do. So I kind of fell into the TV thing because I happened to get it, and yeah, it just, just kind of went on from there. And then once I'd gotten into writing, uh, once I'd started writing for TV, like... Yeah, I, I really found a passion then for just writing in general, and I ended up doing a lot more stuff in TV, like in terms of directing and producing and all that kind of stuff. But, um, but uh, yeah, the love of writing definitely came from from making Dan and Bex.
2: Was it was it stressful or at all to try and sell Dan and Bex to production companies or to get it up and running?
0: See, it or wasn't it wasn't stressful because I made it very much on a kind of a whim, and it didn't cost me much money. You know, I borrowed a camera. Uh, I shot it in my own house, I did it with a friend, Holly, uh, and I had, I think I had editing software, I borrowed editing software, I can't remember exactly now, but there wasn't a lot of stress in kind of putting it together, so then when I I showed it to a few people afterwards and they were like, yeah, it's all right," you know, no one was kind of like, this is Debbie, so I was just like, yeah, this is okay, so I'll send it out to a bunch of production companies and kind of didn't really expect anything to happen. So I sent it out to like, I don't know, at the time there might have been like 15 production companies and maybe only like four or five of them were really actually relevant. Um, and only two got back to me. One said, yeah, it's okay, but it's not really for us type thing. And then the other one that got back to me, the ones who ended up making it. It's but mad so, because
2: I remember my only complaint for watching uh, Dan and Bex and Sarah and Steve back, Danny said 10 years ago, was this? It? Probably, yeah, it because yeah, it was 10 years ago. My, my ten, only complaint ever watching was that it wasn't long enough. Yeah, it well, was always like, oh no, it's over. That's the that's the, that's people the trick. That's the want more. <laughs> 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 exactly. I think the
0: the the fact that it was just two people and locked off cameras. It, you know, you you could have done maybe a little bit longer, but it was always a danger that it would get it would get dull because it you know it, it's so simple. So that yeah, was, that, why, was the forma, that, that was the formula. That was that's why it we worked. went. Yeah, that's why we went the length that it was. And Sarah and Steve, each episode was a little bit longer than Danubex. Not so much that you noticed, but. I remember we were always trying to keep it under ten minutes, and with Sarah and Steve, there was it was just a lot more kind of dialogue heavy. So it was always yeah. it was always a struggle to kind of keep each episode under ten minutes. So was, one, was, one
2: was quite south side, yeah, and one was quite and there were tallow, so tallows. They north, from west so they went north side. West side.
0: I originally, when the idea when we when I had the idea to do Sarah and Steve, I originally actually wanted to do a north side. One. I was kind of that was in my head because Danabex was so south side it mm. just seemed obvious to do kind of one that was like really north side and the way it ended up being about Tala was I saw Emma, who uh, played Steve in a play Emma yeah, Carwin, as well yeah and just thought he was brilliant and was like right if I ever get around to doing that version he'd be the first person I talked to and I happened to then bump into him on a shoot for another thing and kind of said well what's the story do you write and you know and he was kinda of interested and then yeah, because it was gonna be about it well, based kind of around him and stuff, then we decided to set it in Tala. So belly. South Side yeah. and West Side. Yeah, it's daily. <laughs> Never get to make the north was some
2: of uh, we had um, Paul Howard on before, Russell Carl Kelly fan, yeah, yeah. and he was telling us in, in his most of his writing he um he'd get it by sitting on the dart. Mm. I get the impression from Dan and Bex a lot of it, like there's a lot of reference to Club Ninety Two, would it have been stories that were going on around you as well?
0: Yeah, no, very much so. A lot of stuff that was in Dan and Beck's was, you know, either things I'd taken from my own life or friends' lives or stories. Like, there was a lot of things. Like, obviously, some of it was just fiction as well, but there was definitely a lot of things that were that were from Loosely, people I yeah. knew. And I often there'd be things. I, when you're writing script, you have people you work with, development executives or script editors, and They'll often kind of question certain things. Like, oh, I don't know if this would happen, or I don't know if a person would react this way. And there was definitely times where they'd kind of query something that I'd written, and I'd be like, no, that actually That happened. actually happened. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, definitely drew a lot of inspiration from my mates, who all got a bit of a kick out of it as well. When, yeah. You know, their names were mentioned, or something that happened to them was mentioned in it, you know. One,
1: one of the things that, uh, I remember especially from i miss it actually um the sarah and Stave one, and i actually almost thank you because the word i still use it is day. turbo deadly turbo. <laughs> yeah. Turbo, yeah, yeah putting yeah. turbo in front of everything one of my <laughs> mates in work only recently was just like oh man that's turbo minty fresh yeah. and i was like where have i heard that before <laughs> and it was only going i start watching episodes back yeah like before <laughs> we done fresh. this that's like, pure MF, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i was like that's where it's from <laughs> yeah. but uh yes yeah, so turbo deadly has stood the test of time anyway um <laughs> That kind of 10 minute thing that you were saying like and the objective of keeping it because I think it used to be I don't, I don't know like I could be wrong but it used to be like kind of in between the panel and something else or something used yeah. to be on like so it was almost kind of perfect for that kind of Monday Tuesday night kind of thing like
0: yeah like I didn't I didn't come at it with that point of view I I, I, the reason I said i would do something short and simple is I thought it would be easy to make easy for me to make the pilot yeah. but also easy for Ortiz to make therefore, like, less resistance to getting it made. Mm. So, obviously, if I come along with this hour-long drama or something and I'm a nobody, they're much more likely to go, who are you? Like, we're not going to give you the money to make an hour-long drama. But make something short, make it simple, it's cheap to make. That was kind of how I approached it. And then, as it turned out, they did have these kind of slots um, on RT2 because there'd be like American shows and they wouldn't be a full hour long. So to kind yeah. of fill out the hour, they'd, they'd stick on something like uh, Dan and Bex. And they had a few shows then around that time, like Soupy Norman was another one. Um, and there was one about kind of, it was an animated one about grannies and stuff. And they were they were great. Like And uh, unfortunately with Sarah and Steve, what happened was we only did one series of Sarah and Steve because they actually stopped doing those 10 minute slots. And that was the thing that kind of killed it off, which we were ah. raging about. Because it ah. actually, it had done quite well. It had yeah. been well received. Uh, so we were kind of like not we weren't in any way assuming we would get a second series but we were hopeful that we would and then they just said no look we're, we're not going to do any of that stuff anymore and i think it would came down to like you know the timings of, of of when the ads would be on and how they could sell advertising around slots it was something like that like yeah you know? so yeah because i was actually going
1: to ask about that like how was there ever kind of discussion of like a season two or kind of going we've done two dublin ones what if we got two sort of coaches yeah. you know and what that I mean? was
0: that was that was always the plan when I did Dan and Bex almost I think before we even made it I wanted it to be uh, a format that we would look at lots of different relationships and so when we had done two seasons of Dan and Bex we probably could have pushed it and done a third of Dan and Bex but yeah. I kind of felt like I, I'm sort of happy enough with the story that we've told here let's do you know, a North Side One, which is what I'm thinking would end up being West Side One, and then the plan was to do something outside of Dublin or maybe look at a gay couple or, you know, I wanted it to run and run and run. And then the idea would be you sell that whole kind of format, you know, to the UK or America and and you can do it all over again. So that was the sort of the big plan. Good idea, like. That was the big plan But we didn't get to go there Because of that Because of what happened With RT Where they decided Not to do That's any more real. 10 minute shows so. That's
1: a, It's a pity though It's yeah. a shame For yeah. it to be
0: stopped Based on such a Yeah kind of, thing, A trivial you know, kind I mean. of almost Yeah Yeah Because yeah, yeah. I would have loved To have done more shows And I actually was Already developing I was already looking One ahead to what The next show Was yeah. going to be So yeah Anyway that's oh. kind of
1: made me even kind of like shit. I want to know what happened next. Yeah, thing. no, <laughs> it's I've forgotten like, about it
0: for so long, and now like <laughs> just thinking about what, like,
2: what, how, how funny uh, a gay or lesbian would have been on our episode or series, series on the yeah. lead up to the marriage referendum yeah, or yeah, stuff yeah. like that. That would have been, been brilliant, really actually. Cool.
1: Yeah, as well. And yeah, we just celebrated the one year anniversary of yeah. The, yeah. the referendum. So yeah. really I cool. think
0: with Sarah and Steve, like people obviously associate that show much more. Emmet, like it was, it was much more kind of. Emmett's show and I think he still mm. gets people saying to him all the time like oh I always kind of such a shame we never got saw what happened to those characters because we finished that series on kind of a cliffhanger yeah it yeah. was like he was heading off to Australia yeah and yeah, better yeah. Or not yeah she would go with him and uh yeah so he gets it a lot like and we still get on like the I think there might be like a Serency Facebook page or on the YouTube <laughs> videos whatever people are always like "Ortiz you should make more of this and stuff you know and it's never yeah. come up is it I know some
2: writers don't like to revisit things that's i just don't hot.
0: think rt do much of that type of thing yeah. you know i like i think m- myself or him himself would would jump at the chance to to revisit you know whether it be sarah and steve dan and Bex or whatever you know but yeah. yeah
2: what what are the tv opportunities like if you're like if you're saying like i don't think rt tv3 they seem to be trying to produce stuff now homegrown are they yeah,
0: or so are they not there's tv3 utv ireland and and obviously rt but it's still very tough. Like I, 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 was so lucky with with Dan and Bex. I just, I don't know what it was, like the right time, Celtic Tiger, whatever. But the process of me getting my own TV show at such a young age, it was just, it, it was just so easy. Like, and 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 that just doesn't happen. You know what I mean? And I, I think it was just kind of right time, right place, right idea. Because, like, ever since having done Sarah and Steve, I've tried to develop projects comedy projects at RT and there's just so little money there and so few slots and it's it's incredibly hard like it really, really is yeah. do you think
1: like because I know one of the things that I've seen RT get criticised for um, is that they try different things but constantly with the same people and it doesn't necessarily work and I remember at one stage there was a show called The, the Roaring Twenties which was a kind of almost off the walk type comedy yeah. and then since then they've kind of moved on you've had um, I'm not forgetting the name of it now what's Jennifer Sambrelli? Republic of no what's the one she done with uh, Brendan and
0: no, not Brendan I like, know the show you mean There's was a spin off yeah. from the Republic of that's yeah, right yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. oh um,
2: Eamon and yeah yeah Bridget uh, Eamon and Bridget Bridget, Bridget, Bridget and, Eamon. Bridget and Eamon. <laughs> yeah, we got there in the <laughs> yeah, end <I> like, <laughs> yeah. thank god there was three of us working on that <laughs> <you know. laughs> um, I, I think that
1: one got actually kind of a decent enough reception but do you think Maybe especially with RTE, I don't know about TV3 or anything like that. But is there kind of a, a sort of if you're in, you're in, and if you're not in, it's extremely hard to get that door open. Like,
0: no, I I don't agree with 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 people who who criticise RTU on that front okay. because something like the Roaring Twenties was completely unknown people, right? And it, I think it didn't work out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And there's been other examples of that, not so much recently, but certainly about five or six years ago where they, they did they did a pilot season called Project Haha. Ha. Um I know what you mean once the once the Republic of Telly came along there was definitely a sense of that was like their breeding ground yeah. for new comedy acts. And if you came through the Republic of Telly there is an opportunity maybe there to do something from that. Um but I still think it's it's like they're still bringing new people in all the time. Like a mate of mine, Joanne McNally, has been brought on now and she was brand new to comedy. And yeah. uh, just there's a few people this season, they kind of did a refresh and brought in all new people. So I, I do think there is still opportunities there. It's just beyond doing something like Rubble Catelli, there's so little money to make comedy shows. And there's so many people trying to make them yeah. that it's fiercely competitive. And I think as well, the type of comedy that, they've sort of said is what is going to be an RT2 now is not the type of comedy that I would necessarily be a fan of writing. I would watch some of it and enjoy it. Yeah. But it wouldn't be the kind of show that I would be interested in writing. So for the last few years, since the commute, actually, I haven't really thought about pitching much to RT because I just think they've gone, for a particular type of comedy that's working for their audience, and yeah. they probably aren't going to deviate too much from that you know in the near future so where do you pitch
2: your, your ideas now uh
0: in the u k yeah. which is m- even more <laughs> fiercely competitive <laughs> um but yeah, so I was over there uh living in London for a while um had an agent over there developing projects with different production companies and stuff now as yet i've not nothing uh, not taken off over there yeah but yeah it's it's incredibly it's incredibly tough competitive like yeah,
2: yeah um I was going to ask, how. what's the transition like from writing for TV and then for f- kind of fictional and then writing um, reality TV with Fade Street? Yeah, yeah. So, was, what was that um, all about? Like?
0: So what happened with Fade Street was while, while the Celtic Tiger was was still going, while it was ongoing, roaring, was <laughs> roaring uh, me and a producer that I'd worked with before were kind of like going we were we were sort of a little bit obsessed with the Hills at the time and kind of how well it was doing and how big it was. And we Huge, were just like Yeah, massive. And we were just like, someone should do an Irish version of this, we should do an Irish version of this. And this was before, you know, Made in Chelsea or any of those shows in the UK, we were like, somebody should do this. And we developed, you know, what later became Fate Street, but we originally wanted it to be much more like Made in Chelsea or the Hills. We wanted it to be really aspirational. And I think that would have made for a better show. The problem was RTE take a long time to make decisions on stuff like this, particularly something like that where it was completely untested. They'd never done it before. And by the time they kind of came round to making the decision... Uh, recession had hit and then it was kind of like well we can't really be like shoving it down people's faces well i actually think they're wrong they should have yeah because it would have just like people would have been so kind of irate (laughs) they would have watched i don't know yeah, but um so it ended up being kind of not quite what we wanted it to be and neither here nor there you know in terms of like it wasn't the the hills type thing that we'd wanted but to be honest uh it was a massive learning curve for everyone who worked on it because you know None of those Ooh. shows in the US wanted to kind of admit to what extent the shows were scripted. Fact and fiction yeah. type thing. So we we did have like meetings and stuff with different producers in the US, uh, but it was all very carefully guarded. So we kind of just had to sort of figure it out as we went along. And then from Morty's point of view, they kind of wouldn't have been comfortable with it being completely scripted but then they also knew it couldn't be like a fly on the wall documentary so it was constantly trying to skate this line of they wanted it to be real but they also wanted it to be drama like they wanted it to be dramatic and it was just it was just gas like it was just so funny trying to figure out how you do that and to be honest I think got a good
2: reception though people watched it
0: yeah I mean it's a funny one because it seemed to be one of those things where like everyone was talking about it like and I, I I would be like getting a train somewhere and I'd be overhearing conversations of people talking about what happened the night before and like way more than what that would have happened with Dan and Bex or Sarah and Steve Rent like that. So it seemed like it was doing really well. The actual ratings didn't really reflect that. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I think
1: I, I know why though. Yeah. Uh, because I was in college at the time and uh, I can tell you there was about 70 people in one room Watching it on one screen (laughs) So I swear to God In UCD There used to be like Little pockets of us That used to just have Little viewing parties And watch it And then head out On the lash But yeah yeah, I think um,
0: there's there's, there's Issues there as well With how ratings Are measured You know what I mean It's never been a thing That they're done Through like Actual, accurate, it's all done through, um, you know, certain people have boxes and then they extrapolate out the numbers. And uh, that was one of those ones where there's been other shows where, you know, you get bad ratings, and you kind of go, fair enough, now and watch that. Yeah. But that was one where we were scratching our heads going, this, these ratings can't be right compared to the amount of people are people talking, talking about. about. Now, yeah. maybe it was a very dublin centre thing. Maybe people outside of Dublin weren't interested. I don't know. But the way the way that we ended up making the show... In terms of like my role as like I wasn't a writer as such, but my role as like a story producer, I think it it probably is very much very similar to actually how things like made in Chelsea and stuff are made now. Even though we were kind of making it up as we go along. And a major crush
2: on the tattoo artist from Exford.
1: Oh, Danny, yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. I know uh, one of my mates. I think probably still is in love with Melina. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I I think is still in love. I'd, ha- I'd have to ask him, but I I that candle was born and bright. Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. so she was hard. like
0: a kind of a, 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 a more minor character, kind of. Yeah, that's race. right.
1: Yeah, but yeah, I th- yeah. and I think that's why because there was like you don't know enough about her. You know <laughs> <laughs> know <what I> mean? <laughs> the mystique. Um,
0: <laughs> it's but, funny to see kind of yeah where they all have gone since. Yeah, like, Vogue. You know, Vogue Vogue is the one. She's, I think she's yeah, yeah, doing really well for and, herself. Uh, CC is like a DJ, and yeah, it's. Would you be still
2: in touch with them all? Would you have been in their social circles at all, or how no, were they cast now? No.
0: And what happened was when we made the pilot, I kind of co-directed the pilot, but then um took on a role of story producer and edit producer, which meant that I actually wasn't really de- dealing directly with the cast. Like I knew them all, yeah. but I was much more kind of behind the scenes and. Um, I'd I'd see Vogue, The Odd Time Now, um, but I wouldn't really bump into many of the rest of them. Did you enjoy that experience? Working on Fate Street? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. it was great fun, yeah. It was stressful. It was probably the most stressful TV show that I've ever made. It's kind of
2: like live of television, really, isn't it, in a sense?
0: It's just just so difficult to... Logistically, like? No, like to... Because it is, parts of it are scripted, parts of it are real. It's just so difficult to balance that you know what i mean and to tell stories like now i think shows like made in uh, made in chelsea i'd say with the cast they're much more kind of like this is a show you're playing yourself here's what's going to happen and they definitely touch on things that are happening in the real lives but they work it into storylines but i just think it's much more you Know they probably just deal with the cast as though they're basically actors playing themselves.
1: I think think that kind of applies to a lot of those kind of yeah,
0: reality. Shot like, absolutely, like it's so like they are so fake, but I think for us, because we were you know, we're still figuring out our way, and like you know, they the girls didn't really know either, it was constantly just trying to like manage, you know, manage them, and and Mm. it was just it was it was tough, like a tough show to make, yeah.
1: Like, I just even if you compare something like the kardashians like i just don't buy into the kardashians trying to fix their own washing machine after it breaks do you know what i mean i definitely (laughs) think there was somebody in the background go what we're going to do today is we're going to pull that out from the wall (laughs) uh once you get in behind it and act like you don't know what's going on won't be hard for you to act like you won't know what's going on because you know but um I suppose that whole kind of i don't know what augmented reality kind of situation i guess like it i'd say it was hard because you have to almost second guess, like, is this viable as a reality kind of situation or are people going to look at that and go, that never happened, That, ne-, you know? Yeah, so. and
0: then there was, there were, the real lives were encroaching on it and mm. we have to go with that when something real happens. And sometimes the real stuff was madder than the stuff that we were yeah. kind of engineering behind the scenes. So, it was just, it was yeah. It's like
2: Danny's story was, like, breaking up with our fella and... Yeah, like, and that You had to get like, him involved. and Yeah, yeah and that, like, that... He looked embarrassed then sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah
0: not totally. But, and, but, like, I think th- almost them being involved in the show was the reason that that they probably ended up breaking up, if you know yeah, what I mean. It's, yeah. it's that weird thing.
2: They're just... They're in the background breaking up and he was, he was there filming it and yeah. recording it. Bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> it's it was, crazy. And,
0: and it was trying to, as well, um, you'd sort of set out with kind of one story that you you thought... You'd sort of think this is probably how this is going to go, but yeah. then because they're real people, it would completely go the other, way, the other way. You know what I mean? So I think I think it was like one of the one of the things in in the pile or something it was Danny was basically kind of set up in a job in like a record company or something, you know. And I think she just in real life just completely blew it, like and just like showed up late in her first day. It was an MCD, and, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, MCD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and. She just totally blew it. And they were like, we're not... Like, she can't work here. Do you know what I mean? She can't just rock in whatever she wants and not do anything. Like, she's gone. So I was like, okay, well, that's that whole story arc <laughs> gone. Better find something else for her to do. And, like, it was just a lot of that, like... So, you know.
1: I was just going to say about the commute, actually, as well, though, because I guess maybe it's similar to Dan and Bex and Sarah and Steve in the sense that it's that kind of single camera, that kind of GoPro-type yep. thing. How did the idea for the commute come about? Because... That was one that I'd say a lot of people were kind of like, yeah, I know exactly how they feel.
0: To be honest, it was less about relating to commuting because I'd never really had commuted in that way. And it was more <laughs> about the technology. It was like I'd seen okay. GoPros, I'd seen people use GoPros and I was like, there has to be an opportunity here to make, again make something very, very simple using this like relatively cheap technology. And, uh, yeah, I'd seen what, like, that it looks nice when you stick a GoPro in a car and drive along, you know, and so that was it, like, it was just it kind of developed more from there and uh, the commute then, it also came from a place of, like, these people who who had bought houses at the wrong time and then were kind of stuck in places that were were far outside the city. So they had these long commutes. And we didn't obviously get to make a series of it. But if we hadn't made a series, we would have gone into that whole, the idea that they're kind of stuck. They're all stuck in suburbia. They're stuck in these relationships. They're stuck in kind of... um, you know, with mortgages that they can't pay and all this kind of stuff, um, and so that was the that that was that became the genesis of it. But but it, it was originally just down to making something with GoPros, and uh, that <laughs> was very hilarious. much that was very much back to the just you experimenting. Yeah, it was back to the Dan and Bex model. It was like, okay, well, you can write scripts and write scripts and develop them and stuff and try and get something made. But actually, if you just go and make something yourself, uh, then you can get it you can get it made, like it's a better way to get things made. I think if you can make something yourself.
2: So was it just um, ad lib and then you see, like were you sitting in the back seat or was there, a, you were?
0: Yeah, yeah. So the way we made it was, uh, I came up with ideas for these characters and and cast them. And then I worked with the actors, uh, sort of gave them storylines and we did these kind of improv sessions. And then I wrote scripts based on the improv sessions. And then we shot... The whole half-hour pilot in one day. Um, I, 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 I hired all the equipment myself. And I hired one other guy to work with me who was just basically taking all the footage and putting it onto computers. And he also helped to rig the cameras and stuff. And when we went out shooting, it was the two people in the car actually driving and then i was hunkered down behind one of the passenger seats and like some of the cars were absolutely tiny and it's hunkered down with uh one of those sorry i'm pointing at the mixer and uh, uh headphones and just adjusting the levels of the microphones and uh, yeah we shot the whole thing in a day which is nuts for anyone who works in television the idea that you shoot a half hour pilot in a day is insane uh, in fact the one of the couples because i think we shot it in winter one of the couples uh we 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 didn't. We ran out of daylight, so they shot the whole, the whole, their whole thing through once, and we basically had to use everything from that like one long take because the later takes it just started to get all grainy and stuff because it was because it was Cause dark. The light was going. Yeah, yeah. that's mad. I, but I another really
2: enjoyed that. That, did, that it didn't. We didn't end up making the show. The,
0: another interesting thing about the commute, which was you can see it on YouTube. though. It's you? on YouTube, yeah. yeah but it yeah. was the heartbreaking thing about that was I actually made it with the UK audience in mind brought it to a uk production company and, then- and peter k oh, Car-share. yeah car Share had had been basically commissioned at the same time that i'd already made my pilot so my pilot was made and i brought it to this production company You're like yeah a really big like great british production company they're like yeah we love this we want to take it out and pitch it for you and then the same day they came back to me and went actually we've just heard that peter k has got something in the works called Carshare, and it sounds kind of similar and then Carshare didn't come out for another two years two or something years, yeah, yeah. and now oh it's God. like winning all <laughs> Baptists
2: because I remember being at work on uh, my yeah. boss two of us huge Peter Kay fans and he said uh, see Peter Kay's new one on the BBC called Car Share and I watched it and went in the next day and said did you ever see the Irish one Commute it's mm. exactly the same yeah. Um the
0: bastard yeah rage <laughs> yeah. So that, did that's, you like Car Share uh, I actually haven't seen it and that's not like definitely <laughs> part of that is down to like I can't, I can't, can't I can't face yeah. it. Yeah. There's but, six um, episodes. What happened with The Commute anyway, was that the of... The
2: of Commute was excellent. Oh, thanks very yeah, much. Yeah, uh, they're uh, great, great uh, actors. Joanne uh, McNally so, was so jo- not it? Wasn't yeah,
0: it? Joanne is a mate of mine. Like, the two of us grew up like two minutes from here. She's just over there on another estate over. Uh, and yeah, we've known each other since we were teenagers and... Uh, we worked together on uh, another show called Singlehood around the same time I can't remember actually yeah she was definitely in Singlehood first was single, the,
2: that was the stage the that stage the show
0: it it was was the, Eric Lawler yeah. and all. I was on yeah. that wasn't he yeah. and Eric then yeah. was in The Eric Commute as well. In the as well so yeah. I like, was definitely like work with if there's people that are like funny you know we get them yeah. I'll work with them again you know and so, that sort of thing but we made that pilot together and then I brought it to RTE after the UK was real date, I brought it to RTE and RTE uh broadcast it, they gave me some money to to sort of so I, I wasn't out of pocket for having made it myself. They broadcast it and my hope would have been that it would turn into a series. And unfortunately, I don't really know why they kind of turned it down to be honest. Like it, it was well received critically. There was a lot of like comedians and stuff who, you know, would have been onto Eric kind of going, Oh yeah, this is really good. Yeah. There's just a lot of sort of positive feedback but yeah, I don't know. It seemed like a kind of no-brainer from Ortiz's point of view because, again, it would have been so cheap to make and it was kind of relevant to the times, yeah. that whole thing of people being stuck in long commutes yeah, yeah. and all. Yeah, yeah so it, was it was really good.
2: And um, I missed it when it aired on the... Th- it aired, like, at about 11 o'clock. This is the
0: thing. They they <laughs> I missed they it. ended up airing at, like, a 10 to 11 on a bank holiday Monday. And yeah. it was just like... I mean, if you're hoping to get a response from the public... Yeah. That so, I don't know. Maybe they had already decided before they aired it that they weren't ever going to make any more of them. It was weird. When I was read.
2: searching on YouTube after watching the first one, I was then putting in the commute episode two, you know, as you do yeah, on YouTube yeah. when you miss things. And I was like,
0: that's it.
3: Episode,
2: where, yeah. episode three. And it was like, oh, ah, yeah, here, there's only yeah. one.
0: I just yeah. couldn't like the idea of, 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 maybe going on and making a, a, another episode after we put so much into episode one yeah. when there was no prospect of it of it being picked up in Ireland or England. It was just like, we just have to let it go. Yeah. You know? It was just one of those ones, yeah. it's a shame. Yeah, um, and I, everyone who worked on it, like, we all loved doing it and, like, they would have jumped at the chance to, to do more, but yeah. it was a rakes. But the
2: rakes. But you were talking earlier about, like, you know, you were saying Republic of Telly seems to be the hotbed for, like, new shows or 10-minute skits or whatever. Yeah, yeah something like the commute would that not work in a 10 minute skit of showing one couple per week or whatever
0: i just think uh, going back to what i was saying earlier i think it's a different style of comedy oh, okay. and i think i think the republic of Telly, they have a, a certain style. they have a certain kind of age demographic in mind and a type mm. of humor and they they nail that like yeah. and they get that audience and then the, the stuff that spins off from that tends to be similar so um yeah, no, I just think it just wasn't what they were looking for yeah. at the time, unfortunately.
2: You mentioned Singlehood as well. That was hugely successful. That went on two or three runs, did it? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So um, that was with a friend of mine, Una McEvitt, and she is this amazing uh, documentary theater maker, which means making theater shows based on sort of real people's experiences. And she uh, was making a show about being single and approached initially approached me to be in it. And I said I I wasn't going to be in it, and then uh, she said, "Well, do you want to get involved in helping me make it?" And then I ended up like collaborating with her on that, and we yeah, we did it for the fringe originally, and we like sold out every night in the fringe, and then we did it in Vicker Street, and we had like two full houses in Vicker Street, and then it did like it did this sort of tour around Ireland, like the sort of smaller theaters, and then we finished up in the Gaiety for. Three not the Gaty sorry the Olympia for three nights, yeah. and uh, yeah, it was great and uh, that I think that's probably finished though now I don't think we'll ever do any Go more because it. it was so it was kind of quite heavily dependent on the cast that were in it because a lot of them were telling their own stories okay. and stuff so it's kind of it's not the kind of show that you can just kind of like pick up you know, cast a bunch of actors and go and do it again. It's it's kind of complicated because they're talking with their own stories and stuff. So it's but, not that kind of traditional play. almost yeah, like alone was, stands uh, or yeah, stones yeah, in his pockets or whatever. Quite kind of different. And, and actually, it did considering it wasn't that traditional play. It did it did quite well. Like the fact yeah. that we were able to get into places like Vicar Street, which is a comedy venue more so. Yeah. But it was it was yeah. funny. Like so that was that was kind of how we ended up in Vicar Street. It was and it was like comedians in it and stuff. So. Yeah, it,
1: it was definitely. And I, I remember at the time. um I actually heard about a true Eric Lawler on Facebook, and that, and that's how I went to Saint Vicar Street. Then I really enjoyed oh, you it. You went to, it, did you? Yeah, Have I loved it. Time. It was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Um. But with doing something like that, did that kind of give you ideas? Kind of like, yeah, maybe I do something at the stage as opposed to a TV thing. Have you thought about
0: that at all? Or? Doing more theatre? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. I it was never like I like going to the theatre. Um. And and prior to doing singlehood, I'd never thought about writing for it. I've kind of since thought about it a bit more. Do you know what it is, right? Being very honest, one thing that put me off writing for the theatre was I never thought there was any money in it. And, and I still kind of don't think there is. <laughs> and I'm a bit of a mercenary like that. <laughs> I, like, I like the idea of writing for TV because you can make a few quid or writing a movie. Like, I mean, writing a movie, you're, you're unlikely to make much money in Ireland, but you potentially could. But I've since realised, actually, you're better off, just writing for whatever you want to write for mm. whatever medium you want to write for and it's through being kind of passionate about something i think that things can take off and you never know what's going to take off like i worked with um the production company that made once right it's the, the guys who made dan and beck's basically yeah. the same production company made that film once and that was a real passion project for them it was very low budget they loved the director they loved working with him he had this idea he was really passionate about it everyone who worked on it like worked for like they're not the full fees and all it was just one of those projects that it was like everyone really enjoyed working on it it was a great idea but no one expected it to go and win an Oscar or you know be be, be go all over the world and become a stage show and blah 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 so it just shows you like you kind of have to just be passionate in terms of being creative yeah be passionate first if there's a story that you have in your head and it fits a certain medium then go and do it and if success comes it comes but you have to enjoy the process enough to for to be worth yeah. your while doing it for that alone
1: and from as well as passions and then writing for kind of a live audience and stuff like that one of your passions and graham and i share this passion as well i would say pro wrestling
0: yeah nice segue by the way <laughs> <laughs> daddy loves the segue sometimes
2: if i do a good segue he high-fives me now. <laughs> a little fist bump yeah, on he it. loves <laughs> segue.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, there you go, theatre, you know, that's the, uh, it's the ultimate, like, sort of physical performance art, isn't it? Yeah, why wrestling? do we
2: love but pro wrestling?
0: I know, I get asked this question so much, you know, because... Because uh, we love it. Yeah, I'm single and I go on a lot of dates, and, you know, I wouldn't necessarily drop it in on a first date every time, <laughs> but I'm a big fan of professional wrestling. But it eventually comes up, because I'm so I'm such a big fan of professional wrestling, I don't really hide it from people. So it eventually comes up and then you invariably have to try and explain it to people. I think yeah. when you talk about it passionately, which I always do end up talking about it passionately, I think they just, most people just kind of get it. They don't get what what it is exactly that you like watching, but that they get that there's something more to it that mm. they don't see because they've never sat down and actually tried to
1: get what I it's about. I 100% agree with that. I'm with my girlfriend nearly six years now and I still have to skirt around the issue and try to, Kind of Make small excuses As to why you have A subscription to the WWE Network <laughs> And she's like Why have you got it I was like oh, I got it for the Royal Rumble And you know I just Nostalgia ne- Just never got rid of it And then I found out There was loads of stuff From like When I used to watch it When it was the Attitude Era And she's like What's an Attitude Era Why am I even with you <laughs>
3: Yeah
2: My ex-girlfriend so, Used to stay up for WrestleMania But she stayed up for two WrestleManias, Fell asleep On the uh, half Is early. that why she's an ex Yeah Yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the undertaker streaks matches and me and my brother the three of us were in my bedroom watching it she fell asleep and undertaker won <laughs> we upended the gas we we're like yes thank god and she's like what, what? Was, oh no the undertaker just won the streak's still alive
0: <laughs> you know it's crazy there's some great video online where a guy explains what's great about professional wrestling i'm sure you've seen him i can't remember who it is i think
2: i have seen him yeah but he
0: talks about like how you know, a lot of the time it's not great, but when it's really great, like when the right character is in the yeah. right place and there's the right storyline, it can be better than, you know, any TV show. It can be better than your Game of Thrones. And it's just he talks for about ten minutes on this rant about like what makes professional wrestling great. And I've seen I've watched it a few times and every time I watch it I'm like, yes, this yeah. I think I've posted it on Facebook a couple of times and kinda of going if anyone wants to know why I watch professional <laughs> wrestling, this here's is a ten minute video to explain it. He talks about CM Punk and talks about all this kind of stuff. Um, but, yeah, I can't remember who it is or what the name of the video is, but I'm sure
2: but it's it's past the test of time for so many years. I yeah. mean, it's just all about like the circus kind of aspect of yeah. it going town to town, city to city, thousands of people are going to watch it like it's, yeah
0: and it's the oldest story in terms of good versus evil, yeah, you yeah. know you have your heel and your babyface, and the heel cheats to win, and you know the babyface thinks you need to win the honorable way, and then ultimately over time you know the baby face usually overcomes so good overcomes bad and it's a morality tale kids you should be good because if you're good yeah. you'll be hulk hogan or you'll be daniel bryan or you know what i mean yeah it's it's great yeah you know? and daniel bryan was such a, a great example of like the ultimate underdog yeah. that yeah. they really genuinely did try and keep down keep you know you yeah. just couldn't keep him down. It was absolutely brilliant. Oh, that, he,
1: he was one of the ones that the, the crowd it's just like bought into it. So. yeah yeah it's, it's great. Great. It was amazing like it's a pity that
0: he um it's so, it's, it's yeah, so, so sad. I mean, he had that moment at the top. And, do you know, it is sad, but maybe, you know, there there is something kind of special about that. It was just, he made it to the top and there was no time for it to kind of yeah. take an ozive or go wrong in any other way. And he got out when he's still healthy. And, you know, there's, there's, there's good to it as well. Yeah. It's like when a band has like a one-hit wonder. It's sad <laughs> in a way that they like never were able to reproduce the greatness of this one song. But there's something kind of like... I don't know. There's something kind of joyous about it that they were able to do it once, yeah. that for one night, yeah. they shone brighter than anyone
1: else. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But it, it is. I, I think as well. You, you just mentioned about getting goosebumps. Like you do, kind of get this almost emotional
2: attachment to them as well. Like and well, like returns and all. When you see oh, a return, man, you'd man. watch it back. Like Brock Lesnar's return from about five years ago. I'd yeah. say I watch that at least twice a week yeah. for just for the crowd reaction. It's amazing. Most recently, Shane O'Mac's return. The crowd oh, yeah. response oh, was. Crowd. I didn't think they'd still get that crowd response, like, this day and age. Yeah, you know? it
0: just shows yeah. you that they're, like, even though there's a lot of kids and stuff in the audience and, you know, there's the people that cheer for kind of Roman Reigns or John Cena or whatever. And they're like,
3: yeah, <laughs>
0: there's still a lot of people in that audience who are long, long time fans yeah. who remember Shane being gone, never thought he was going to come back and were just so... I, th- I think like
2: even the internet reporters were a bit shocked by that. Yeah, they and really... It was love... I'd say that they were loving uh, giving the fingers up to them because yeah. they like to spoil things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, what was I going to say? Even, like lads say that were kids in the early 90s that would watch Hulk Hogan and stuff like that they might have taken a gap but I've noticed even at Electric Picnic music festivals like there's a lot of wrestling t-shirts from that like I'm wearing a Macho Man t-shirt now but you'd see that at music festivals almost like they were afraid to say it back in the early mid 90s Mm. that they were fans and now they're just they're released and they're allowed to watch it again
0: yeah yeah and there's that that thing about Things being retro as well, you know, yeah, kind of cool. Like, mm. my favorite t shirt, wrestling t shirt, I have at the moment is like a Rick Fair one from WCW. And it's like, at the time, there's no way I would have worn it because it's like a drawn big, like Rick's ha- head, huge <laughs> on a black t shirt. Like, it's ridiculous looking, but now it's like, it's kind of like retro and it's cool. Yeah.
2: And it's like, yeah, have being a writer, have you ever had a passion to write Monday Night Raw or Smackdown? Or
0: do you know what? I had an agent out in LA and uh, was back and forth there a good bit, and ended up uh, actually writing a, a sitcom pilot for NBC and uh, working on a project that would have been for uh, HBO, and it was going to be a show about wrestlers. Uh, and um, when I, after kind of that, I had done that, and I'd come back to Ireland, I, d- I did get on to my agent who who actually. Her agency represented the WWE as well. And I kind of said, look, just put 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 out feelers and see, like, are they looking for writers or whatever? And I never got anything back. Now, I don't know whether that was, I had been kind of gone long enough just from LA that she was kind of busier with other clients and stuff. But it was definitely something I was interested in. It was definitely something that, you know, wouldn't have been a, a million miles from from being a possibility given... The sort of the background that I had in reality TV and writing and all that yeah. kind of stuff. But now I think I don't, as much as it would have been the dream job, I don't think it would have been the dream life for me. Like you hear about the kind of life that people have when they work through WWE. It's basically, that is your whole Not life. sleep. Yeah. And, it, it, and I kind of like working and, but having a life and having yeah. a social life and family it, and all that kind of stuff as well.
1: It's really interesting you make that point because we had um, American comedian Tony Hinchcliffe on the podcast before. And he had been offered a gig to write for WWE, and um, to the point where he went, I think, too. He, met Vince, McMahon, he met Vince yeah. McMahon and everything, but similar to what you were saying, he kind of made the decision of the lifestyle. That's exactly what they yeah. are. I listen.
0: I listen to a lot of podcasts where they talk to like ex WWE writers, and mm. the, a lot of them are very kind of bitter about their experience and don't speak very hot like they speak very highly of certain aspects of it but the kind of lifestyle of just like they're constantly on the road they're constantly sitting in rooms like waiting for vince to come in and then you know all the stuff that they might have written like for the week would just get thrown out and they have to start again and it just yeah. it just sounded like kind of a bit hellish so i don't know part of me would have liked to have done it to just Say so you've done it, done it, and like, and to be gone, exposed to, yeah, that. and have gone on the road, and 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 yeah, it would have been kind of kind of cool. But now, I I can't, I could, at the age that I am and stuff now. So I if they said it, that they
2: it. offered you SmackDown. Now is going live from July, and they need new riders. They've just put it out that they're looking for new riders. Your LA agent gets onto you. What do you say?
0: <sighs> I don't know. It'd be a tough, it'd be a tough call. I'd have to think about it. Because
2: Freddie Prince jr did it, didn't he? yeah, and he had a, he had an article in Rolling Stone about his experience, and it's pretty much what you've said
0: it was tough it was tough, I think yeah.
2: the stint only lasted about ten months, yeah, and he wanted to push certain stars, and yeah, I've heard him do was a, just do like
0: podcasts no. and stuff, yeah, and I remember him saying stuff like that as well, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, part of me would be like uh, do you do you, when
2: you watch it, do you write it in your head
0: certain things i don't I wouldn't be writing like full on storylines yeah. but i'd be yeah i think everyone fantasy books and kind of goes well i wouldn't have done that i would have done this and you know yeah. i wouldn't push him I'd, I'd like there's certain people that you're looking at going why are they not being pushed why are they not bigger and now, there must be backstage politics. politics and reasons for it like dolph ziggler is someone that you kind of look at and you kind of go what is this guy not got yeah. like yeah. what does he have to do to 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 get a, like a decent push and and, and there must be some backstage thing where they they don't see there's something that they don't see in him that everyone else does yeah (laughs) but
2: do you think now because because say during the attitude era and stuff like that it was um it was was sometimes car crash television um and now it's really segmented and really down to script writing and Mm -hmm. stuff like that do you think the wrestlers that are there, they're just happy to be there and to be wrestling for the top promotion in the world, or do they still want to fight? Like you talk about the attitude here, Austin wouldn't put Brock over, mm. Rock wouldn't put people over. Does that still exist? I don't think that still exists. No, I, I think, think it's just they're happy to be a wrestler. Yeah,
0: I think the whole the whole industry changed due to a new generation of of wrestlers coming through. Who who don't live the kind of lifestyle that they that wrestlers used to. So there's way less drugs. There's way less like going out partying, getting in trouble. Nowadays they're much more kind of like they're professional. They've got a job to do. They do it when they're on the road. They like play video games and they you know everyone's just and it's it's a completely different attitude. And what you lose is you lose the attitudes. You lose people. You know coming out and taking risks and going off script and being a bit kind of wild but that having a great result and then what you gain is these like much better kind of like athletes who go and and do a job and are happy to get as you say, get paid to be on the card and like you hear all the old timers not old timers but you hear yeah. all austin and all these guys on podcasts kind of going you know someone needs to step up you know they need to kind of go no i'm not happy with this and go out and you know go off script and you know make a name for themselves but i just don't know if they can do that they anymore do no. i don't
1: know if there's anybody who has kind of the CM Punk pipe yeah department. i was gonna yeah, yeah. say after CM punk's famous pipe bomb thing i think that was the last thing that i probably got proper proper excited about watching yeah. wrestling as well i i don't really buy into roman reigns no. as a champion no, i don't I think
2: anyone does really. don't, nobody does i can't then we get had into recently like, set rollins return
1: i
0: actually and, haven't seen any of that yet Oh my God! Is that the realm <laughs> oh no, that's fine. Oh, you knew about either. it, though. No, it? oh yeah, I was I was oh. vaguely aware that he was that he. I haven't I haven't watched Extreme Rules yet. Did he come back at Extreme Rules? Yeah. So yeah. I have watched like the first half of the show. but I haven't, show, I haven't watched the second. Of it yet. is yeah. a good show. First half was good. Didn't I,
1: didn't, I didn't get the Asylum match. I don't understand the Asylum match. No, effect. and uh, now
2: uh, Jericho has the Asylum match. Have you got to that match yet?
0: I haven't watched that. That's where I'm up to. Oh the start my of that.
2: God, it just drags out. And it's pretty poor, I think, that match. Right. In terms of the card. I, ju- well, I just don't Jericho get why. excuses on his podcast this week that they had to do extra time. I just don't get why it's
1: a guy like Jericho needs to do a match like that.
2: Well, that's what my friend Cheyenne said. Uh, there's a scene in it. <laughs>
3: Can we talk about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah,
2: go ahead. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a part in it where Tuntax, Jericho gets slammed on Tuntax. So Shane was like, Was there a need for Jericho, yeah. at his, his age, to land on Tuntax when he's probably going to be gone next month? Mm. So, yeah. I don't know. But yeah, the crowd just don't like Roman Reigns
0: at all. No. No. And it's so weird. Like the, the everyone that you listen to, again, listen to all these podcasts, everyone says he needs to turn heel, have a decent heel run, yeah. and then he can be a then he could be a huge babyface. Like, yeah. they did it with The Rock. Yeah. Like, The Rock came in, he was absolutely booed, turned him heel, like, for ages, and then when he turned babyface, everyone was ready to absolutely love him.
2: But they love to hate him as well. Yeah. They actually mm. hate Roman Reigns. Yeah, but because they never <laughs> turned them,
0: like, they never, he never had a decent yeah. heel run, and everyone can see it, everyone says it, and yet, for some reason, the WWE machine is like, no, nah, no, nah, we'll just keep going. Vince wants him, and that's I was it. Going to yeah. say,
1: Do you think Vince sees him, though, as his new... John Cena that permanent good guy role definitely. Yeah. but like, I still
0: think you can have him as that permanent good guy role once you get him over yeah. and the way yeah. to get him over is to turn him heel yeah. and then have him heal for whatever amount of time it takes and then turn him babyface and then keep him babyface and yeah again eventually people are going to get annoyed with him but now he never had a chance to be popular because yeah
2: but even during, the, even during the Uzos heel, because the fans are getting bored of yeah. them as well. Yeah, yeah, That Because there was talk of this Samoan Dynasty and having yeah. Nia Jax, their cousin, come up from NXT. Do you watch NXT?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Love NXT. But now, this is the other thing. Now they've got this weird situation where basically the heels are the babyface and the babyface are the heels. And no one knows who to cheer. <laughs> yeah. it's, not like, it's not like a kind of a tweener situation. It's literally like they're in the wrong roles. <laughs> Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. The babyfaces are wrestling a baby face way and getting like proper booed and the heels are resting. It's just, you don't know, I don't know. It's just nuts. Why do we still can't. watch it?
3: <laughs> I don't know.
0: <laughs> you think they would have learned, you think they'd learn with stuff like Daniel Bryan, you know, you think they'd kind yeah. of learn with CM Punk. You think they'd see what way it's going and what what, what the fans want. And Do you think Ryan's
1: has that in him to, to be able to try? Because yeah, like, cause, like guys like Austin, guys like CM Punk who took on that heel mantle like The Rock and when they a heel. That's when people went, you know what? This this is my guy, yeah, this is I him think,
0: like. I think Rain's probably if they if they did let him go heel, have a proper heel run and let him learn how to be more himself while he was a heel. Because when you're heel, you can kind of get away with being a bit like with saying a lot more and people say hmm. it's easier to be hated, you know what I mean? So he'd he'd learn through doing that how to be you know, a better performer and then turn brave. Yeah. I don't think he's ever going to be The Rock. Like The Rock no, is, or no, no. Austin, they're like once in a generation.
2: They try and get them over. He bring, They bring The Rock out to give yeah. him the thumbs up, like, you know, which is more patronizing.
0: Yeah. but I think The Rock needs to turn heel now as well. Yeah. <laughs> no, honest to God, like yeah. he keeps coming back for every WrestleMania and I just, it's getting to that point now. It's just, he's just kind of smarmy and it's just like he's coming out and eating into, like the WrestleMania this year was, Way too long, yeah. The rock happened yeah. like whatever it was 25 minutes, five and a half hours or something. Yeah, I watched it live. I went to the Woolshed <laughs> in in Parnell Street. Do you go to the wool shed for all the events? No, I that was I went to the last two manias, and uh, we thought it was going to be over whatever four o'clock in the morning, whatever. Six and six o'clock uh, or 20 to six, no, I think it was like 20 to five. No, was it not? i pretty sure it was. Because I think I had it in my head that it was going to be over at 4 because that was like the time that it normally ends and then they ended up going like, I thought they went over an hour and a half
2: or an hour and-
0: No, I think it was like more like 40 minutes but okay. it basically got to the time when we thought it was going to be over and the main event hadn't started and then no one wanted to see this main event because no one likes Nobody. Roman Reigns so everyone was sitting there like basically just like what a downer at the end of a great Wrestlemania yeah. to have The Rock come out and waffle for 20 minutes and then a uh, 40 minutes snore fest that, like, no one wants to see. Yeah. They know who's going to win, everyone absolutely knows who's going to win, and no one wants to see it.
2: But The Rock had a match, don't
0: forget. Oh, no, I mean, that, yeah, don't get me started. Yeah, because that that's the kind of thing that's why he needs to turn heel. Because coming back and having a match and beating someone in two seconds is ridiculous. Did yeah. you
2: see the are you familiar with the writer, um, Paul O'Brien? Yeah, yeah, in
0: fact, he's spoken to Paul.
2: Oh, brilliant. Yeah, yeah, so he's writing
0: JR's book. Yeah, he's from Cork, is it? I'm not sure where he's from. He got in touch with me because he had heard wow. me on uh, another podcast, actually, Giles Regan's podcast, talking about this experience he had of of, of developing a show about wrestling um, in the US. And he's obviously written books about wrestling yeah. that are fiction books, and he's kind of exploring... Um, you know, just opportunities over there, and what could they do something with these books? And then I think through, obviously, the success of those books, he he, he got in touch with J.R., J.R. got in touch with him, and now he's writing his uh, well, wow. he's writing his biography, which is amazing. Yeah. So will that come from his books in terms
2: of developing the books into? Is it developing the books into TV?
0: I don't know. I I I don't know. I, Have you like read the was, books? I actually haven't. No, yet, no. I've heard they're excellent. Um, yeah, yeah. But I like who knows, like it's, 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 there's definitely seemed like there's a good story there that could be developed. But I don't know whether he was thinking of movie or TV or, or what what he was looking at, but he was just, just having a chat with me and yeah. just kind of picking my brain about it.
2: That's cool. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I <that's>, that <laughs> uh, wanted to ask you actually just about the wrestling channel that you were involved in. Was it hard? Um, it Was it hard to do that um, without the content of WWE?
0: Yeah, so I think um, for people who don't know, the Wrestling Channel was a channel that was on Sky Digital and it was free to air. And the guy who set it up was Irish. So he ended up setting up the offices for it here in Houth. And I, straight out of college, uh, had, had sort of specialized in editing in college and they were looking for editors. So I, I got like my dream job straight out of college Brilliant. editing for the Wrestling Channel. Jesus. But they didn't, they couldn't show WWE because Sky had the rights, like Sky One or whatever. Sky mm. proper had the rights to WWE. So they got shows from other shows from America, smaller shows, uh, Japan, Mexico and Britain. And uh, it was incredibly kind of niche. But I think the idea was that if they managed to get like even a small percentage of the people who watched mainstream like WWE, you'd have enough people to watch this channel and mm. it could be successful. Because a lot of those smaller channels that are on like higher numbers yeah. on Sky, they don't have high ratings, but they don't they don't have high production value. Uh, they don't cost yeah. a lot to produce. So the wrestling channel, I just think they just missed out on having enough of an audience to kind of sustain it as an actual channel. There was just it was just too niche. And again, I think it might come down to one of those things where ratings at that level weren't kind of accurate because we had kind of fan forums and stuff and we were aware of the amount of people who through these fan forums and stuff were talking about the channel and and, and watching it and the numbers that we were getting back didn't reflect the numbers of people that were talking about watching, yeah. if you know what I mean. But it was unbelievable place to work because, for me, I'd never Just seen... Just out of college. Yeah, and I'd never seen any of those promotions before. And all of a sudden, I'm seeing, like, Japanese wrestling, Mexican wrestling. And I loved it, like, all because it's all so different. And it kind of opened my eyes up to that whole... Even the whole indie wrestling scene. And, like, mm. remember we had, like, AJ Styles come over and we had this kind of chat show. And he came on and uh, Coco Banner was over. And I met all these guys, like... Years, before, years they before they made it, yeah, yeah it was mad. Well, so I remember, he, would,
2: would you have crossed circles with Fergal Devitt Finn Finn Balor?
0: Uh, not at that time. At that time, he was wrestling in Japan. But I definitely would have edited some of his matches and stuff when he was like in his early days in Japan. You know, the baby face uh, yeah. lightweight. Yeah, Big one the, one of the things
1: I think I remember with the wrestling channel was they used to have kind of those shoot interviews. Yeah. I think yeah. I remember watching a Jim Cornette one oh, yeah, and just nuts. being like, yeah. This this is this is why you need these characters in yeah. pro wrestling. Like when they're able to just kind of
0: go, it was around. amazing. He's been like,
2: blacklisted now, though, hasn't he?
0: Really. He's. I love Jim Cornette, and I think yeah. like, obviously there's certain things that I don't agree with him on, but I just think he's such a great character, and it's a shame when. People like that are so outspoken that the WWE kind of, yeah, just we can't go near them. But the thing that it is, wrestling, never say never. Yeah. Something will happen and they'll bring him back and yeah. people there'll be people who remember him who will go, man, for it. Like, you I, know, the, I, I never thought I'd see Paul Heyman back with the WWE. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. There's, no, there's nobody in wrestling that hasn't come back, who hasn't come back. Punk will be back. There is no burning your bridges. I think CM Punk will be back. Yeah, I absolutely. would love him.
1: Yeah. If he came back, especially with yeah. Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar. I think I would lose my mind. But
2: yeah. that was the the annoying thing I felt with the whole um Brock Lesnar Paul Heyman storyline is that when Punk was with Heyman they didn't acknowledge as a stable. I thought mm. it would have been cool. Yeah, to I would have loved that. Acknowledge them as a group. Yeah. When like mm. Lesnar's off TV for 6 months yeah. and mm. let Punk do Lesnar's dirty work while yeah. Lesnar's on a break. Or, yeah. Definitely
0: missed the opportunity there. Yeah. Um
2: the the great story about Cornette is didn't he smacked uh, Santino Marella? Across the face in development because he now sold the boogeyman oh right yeah that, i, I heard that story, yeah. worms or something in his mouth and the kids now are going oh and then santino Moreno apparently was laughing oh okay so carnage yeah. slapped him <laughs> I, think that's, I think i'm right in
1: saying that yeah that does ring a bell it. yeah now yeah, You yeah, yeah. say
0: yeah
1: yeah I, I love all kind of they're the kind of the, like the road stories and kind of the, the the, when you kind of a break a fable is that what they call it On kayfabe. Kayfabe. kayfabe sorry that's it that, that whole kind of thing I love
0: that sort of side yeah. of it you know what I mean like, I think
2: that's what like even with the network um, they've got the show now it is kind of a bit, um, it's kind of a bit of a work breaking ground. Yeah, yeah. Have you watched that?
0: No, but I know what you mean. Like, WWE, like, they'll pull back the curtain a little bit, but they'll still. They al- don't go all the they'll way. They'll always work it. They'll always, yeah. Yeah. It always has to be a little bit like that. Uh, there has
2: to be an agenda, kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. Because we, when we had uh, Finn Balor on the show, he I was, listened to that show,
0: but it was great. Thank you. Yeah, great. Really thank you.
2: He was saying that they purposely took him off breaking ground. They didn't want him covered on breaking ground because they want him as part of the big show, so yeah. to speak, but there's still no sign of him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I really thought, when he, I
1: thought when he dropped the title, that was going to be... Yeah, I think view. it still
0: might be. I still... Like, you know the NXT are coming here in June? June, yeah. Like, yeah. he's on a lot of posters for different NXT shows, and I think there might be a sort of a, a, a time where they have to kind of do those certain shows because people are expecting them to come. To see, yeah. And yeah. then there'll probably be a point where they kind of stop advertising them and then maybe it transitions over. I don't know. I'm just... Yeah or maybe yeah. they want him in NXT for another year to feud with Joe or who who knows like but uh
2: maybe with the smackdown going live they could have maybe him. Yeah. but there's yeah. also
0: the, the bullet club is like everyone I think they right? gonna actually put them together yeah. are they are they going with the club is that what it is cuz the club's not it doesn't it's it's not not great like no. I'm no. not digging their gear <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> not, not digging their gear <laughs> yeah all. it's just like the bullet <laughs> club is this really cool kind of edgy you know just do whatever they want come out in face paint you know just yeah. just be real nasty kind of heels and so far what they're doing, in WWE, is not. It's like they didn't yeah. see what it was in yeah. Japan, and are just kind of
2: it's very NWO gear, isn't it?
0: I don't know what it's like. It just, it just doesn't seem to suit the guys, even. No. You know what I mean? You would never put them in. Wouldn't think of putting them in long white kind of.
1: I don't know. Yeah, I think WWE do that often though, where somebody who has all this kind of momentum or somebody who has this great reputation yeah. elsewhere, and then they come over and they just. They don't know what gimmick to use Absolutely. and it falls but
0: flat. Th- at the moment, Like they're pushing AJ, they're pushing Sami Zayn, they're pushing all these guys that have just yeah. come up from NXT. It kind of seems they're saying it's the new era and all this kind of stuff. So there is a lot of positives going on, mm. but it's just you're waiting for it to we go want, wrong. You're waiting, for, <laughs> yeah. you're
2: waiting for a big payoff as well. Like You're waiting. Yeah. Sami Zayn's excellent, isn't he? Yeah, yeah.
0: He's now, I think all those guys will stay mid-card while they earn their stripes, but it was great to see... AJ just, just jump to the main event because yeah. like, that's where he should be. But like, yeah, previously they'd bring in someone like AJ and go, who's this guy? He's small. What are we going to do? Yeah. With Let's bury him. And he's gone. Whereas, I don't know, I haven't seen how Extreme Rules ends or what's going to happen beyond that or whatever. Yeah. But at the moment, it's like, okay, this could be good. Keep going, you know. And AJ does not need to be The Rock in terms of talking. Because no, yeah. he's just so good in the ring. Like that yeah. phenomenal forearm is just... Oh. yeah. It's just unreal. Every time he does it, I'm like, oh, that looks <laughs> incredible. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. He, um, that's the that's the big hope for all the internet fans, isn't it? The AJ. AJ. Go, uh, he, uh, yeah. He, eventually, he
2: has to be. Yeah. He has to be.
1: If they had sense to, like, I mean, even in terms of how to use them, it was a Royal Rumbly debut, wasn't it? Yeah. And even how to use them there where, you constantly got teased that he was going to do the Styles Clash and mm-hmm. then he never actually did. And yeah. was has he like, done the Styles Clash? Yeah, he has. He has yeah. He's but done it a couple yeah. yeah. of like, times now.
0: I do think it was a good idea for him to not to change finishers though because I've seen him try to do it on a couple of people and you're like, oh God. He's like,
2: injured people, hasn't he? But no, it's <laughs>
0: well, no. It's just that in WWE, everyone's so much bigger. That yeah. he wouldn't be able to do it on like a lot of the main events yeah. that are top tier yeah. guys. So you have to have another finisher that you can do on The Big Show or you can do on <laughs> You know what I mean? They've all got this kind of mentality of like, now have a finisher that you can do it on anyone. You know what yeah. I mean? That's still yeah. like Stunner was great. And, but a lot of them who had like even say Seamus used to have that kind of Celtic cross, cross thing. Yeah, you can't yeah. do that on everyone so broke can do that on anyone or a, yeah. move a kick or they've all got if you think about it like 90% of them now or 95% of them have finishes that you can just do on anyone. Well
2: Nakamura who's just made his NXT debut as well. What is his finisher actually? It's like, um, it's, like it's like a knee to the, yeah, yeah. To, to the neck Yeah, but it. it the way they do it on TV it looks excellent but he is hugely over he's actually the only Japanese star I think that has made it to WWE that will actually I think he'll make it to the main event level like
0: yeah I think so too
2: his charisma is unbelievable yeah and there's, his music is perfect. Yeah. I don't know who's doing the music these days in NXT. NXT music is unreal. It's unreal. So, unreal. Sami Zayn's brilliant. Un- Becky Kremler Lynch. singing to uh, well, Becky Lynch yeah. and Sami They're just Zayn that kind of anthem, like, yeah. you have to sing a lot. Yeah. Like,
0: there's no lyrics, but you just have to go... Oh. Uh, <laughs> and then they're going,
2: let's go! It's like,
0: yeah. I don't know who does the music for NXT, but no. it's, yeah, it's been yeah. unreal. It, I and, mean, I mean, like, Fergus Devitt is unreal. Oh, his on, entrance. Yeah, like, yeah, his entrance. And just, he
2: was, th- he, like, if you, wo- if you follow him on... Uh, Twitter or Instagram, he's the biggest tease in the world for wrestling fans. Like he's like Demon versus Deadman WrestleMania yeah, thirty three. That Ballard happened. Club. Like, that'd be unbelievable. Yeah. I think the two entrances uh, there'd be something iconic about that. Yeah. I think. So. I don't
0: know, will he get to that level before Taker retires though? Like is yeah. it could yeah. it could it happen next year? It just doesn't seem like they
1: would need to fast track him something yeah. fierce, I think like it would,
2: would be they don't, if they had him in by SummerSlam Survivor series time, I think it would work. He was saying with us that um he had a conversation about Taker, um and it was probably it was all just about entrance. So mm. he digs his entrance. Yeah, yeah Which yeah. is like yeah.
0: holy shit. No, it is, it's definitely like uh, it seems like if there's ever gonna be a passing the torch. You know, this seems like a really, really Great obvious thing yeah. to do, you know. A breaking of the streak. Yeah. What yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh, did something. you think of
2: a breaking of the streak? Sorry, Danny.
0: I don't know. Um, Yeah, I didn't like it like everyone else. I didn't ever want to see the streak end. But. I know. I get why they did it, and like, it's the one good thing about wrestling is that you can never, ever, as fake as it is, and as predetermined as everything is, you can never say for certain yeah. what way something's gonna go because people would have put money on this. Like, there's no way. Yeah. There's, no way. there's no way. You on the What's that? Yeah. Oh, was that? Too? No, that was no, no. That, no, that i like, only seen the last two years, know, so three or four years ago. When it was outdoors and oh yeah. and stuff. because so, some of the reactions
2: when the when the streak ended,
1: were brilliant. Yeah, they were. I, I, yeah, I kind of agree with you in a sense. I didn't like. I think if Taker was going, if that was the last we were ever going to see of him, I think then I probably would have liked it a lot more. Yeah. But the fact that he's now come back and when he wrestles yeah. that mania, it's that whole and one. Yeah. yeah. And I kind of like why? Mm. And there's other
0: people that would have benefited more. I was going him. Yeah, as like much Brock as I, I love did not need yeah, like as much as I love
1: Lesnar, like, yeah, I just. Like he's the, point,
0: the the counter to that is, who does it make sense to beat the Undertaker at WrestleMania? Do you know what I mean? And it's yeah. like, yeah, as Paul Heyman says, like why why did you think he wouldn't beat him? Like yeah. it's Brock Lesnar, <laughs> of course he was going to beat him. Yeah. Like all your magical powers and your streaks and everything can't beat Brock Lesnar, you know. Yeah. Whereas it had been, I don't know some plucky underdog CM Punk type situation. You know, it might have been great for that person, but it wouldn't necessarily have made as much sense, as much as wrestling can make sense. (laughs) (laughs) There's
2: people listening to this going, the lads are still waffling about wrestling. There's people listening to this going, I
1: love when they talk about wrestling. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just on finishers, do either of you have like a favorite finisher from down the years? Like some of you are like, oh man, I just love watching that one.
2: Um, that's that's a random question a stunner. Yeah. I are you, are you used to love yeah. Who who sold the stunner the best? Oh man. The Rock was pretty
1: rock, really good. Yeah, Rock was yeah. it. pretty good. I was gonna say yeah, the Rock was the one who used to bounce, literally, around, yeah, like, bounce
2: literally. around. His feet would yeah. be up for about ten seconds.
0: <laughs> yeah. Then yeah. he'd be gone. Um, I've, yeah, I've you have caught me on the hop here now Because I know there's a load of finishes that I absolutely love. Yeah. I like I like good Submission finishers as well. I'm a big fan of submissions. Yeah. Like, I like the way they're all bringing in like the kind of MMA submissions now yeah. and stuff. Yeah. I got like Becky Lynch's uh, Becky Lynch's submission um, yeah. and uh, the boss Sasha Banks was it the bank statement? Yeah, it's, yeah. Um, it's great. <laughs> uh, what are they like? What they I going give her to push? I think that I think that's kind of calculated. I think they're yeah. saving Sasha and uh, and Charlotte for when they're ready to take the belt off Charlotte. I think it'll be Sasha next. And I think they're actually deliberately making it so the fans are going, like, what the hell? They're kind of doing like an actual, what they did with Daniel Bryan, but like never intended to push him. They're now, I think, calculatedly doing with her where people will be like, we re- wants, re- outraged that she hasn't gotten a title shot and then she'll get it and then she'll lose and then she'll get, you know, she gets screwed and then she'll come back and she will eventually yeah. win and she'll be the most over babyface. In- yeah. In fact, yeah. there's been people kind of saying like, oh, will, will women ever main event a pay-per-view? And I think the two of them will main event a pay-per-view. It won't be SummerSlam or it won't be WrestleMania, but I think the two you of be, them, I? I think the two of them could main event. Uh, if they build it from now on and don't make a mistake all the way through, the two of them could definitely yeah. main event, pay-per-view, like uh, an Extreme Rules or what. No, you know, one of, yeah, the, one yeah, of definitely. the first Because
2: yeah, yeah. they ended Raw two weeks ago with the women. Oh, did they? Yeah, yeah, that's right. the, yeah. I don't really watch Raw. Charlotte and Nadie's contract, contract, contract signing. Ah, right.
3: They cool. They closed the show with before. Oh, that's cool. Have they
1: ever rules. had a contract signing that didn't turn into a fight? <laughs> no, it's deadly. <laughs> <laughs> it's deadly. Um, just on the finisher, I'd go, I don't even know if I'd go to uh, PD Williams, Canadian Destroyer.
0: Oh. Insane.
1: Yeah, sure, yeah. Absolutely look love that, Williams. man. I tell Katie you, man. Eh, look at that. Uh, that thing is just amazing
3: to watch,
0: I love man. the F5. Yeah, yeah. The F5 is good. Yeah, solid. I
3: love the when tripping. I hear my
2: brother say, that. shut up or I'll give you an F5. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I like you know, when they got rid of actually that I quite liked was the, the Rollins' curb stamp. Yeah, it's just one yeah. of those ones you kind of get a hit out of nowhere and then they just got rid of us. But why do you get, yeah, yeah. get rid I of it? Know. I don't know. Because it, it
2: seems is, no impact on it. Like.
0: I know. I think it's one of those ones that maybe if, if, if kids recreate it or something could be actually really dangerous. Fair or like right. the idea of where the curb stamp comes from is actually really violent. Yeah. yeah. Like it a, it's like a real graphic violent idea where like you get someone to, to bite, bite a curb have like their head. you ever seen American
1: like History X? From.
0: So have, yeah. yeah, do so, you know what Ed oh, Norton, yeah, yeah. Maybe in a PG era WWE, <laughs> they were like, actually hang on, this is not <laughs> yeah. something we should yeah. but the, do, but it was so, like he could do it out of anywhere and then, The yeah. corpse
2: down with the RKO was unreal, wasn't Yeah, it? that was, I
0: mean, yeah, amazing. Moments. RKO's out of nowhere, and the, the fact that, yeah, the RKO, the fact that he can actually hit it out of Anywhere. anywhere. <laughs> And it's become a thing. And yeah. it's a meme and everything. Yeah, it's
1: like, yeah. it's <laughs> <just> I love, <laughs> I love how they've even gone so far as to have him like where he's lying down, sneaking into the camera shot and everything like on them memes. Michael Cole's
2: <laughs> commentary.
3: <Yeah.
0: laughs> Kevin Owens. There's a guy. Yeah, he's going
2: to be huge. He is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Some of his, there was, they said the other night that he's the only wrestler in history in his first year in WWE to be on every pay-per-view. He's wrestled in every pay-per-view In his first year Wow The Undertaker has appeared On every pay-per-view But has wrestled Or didn't wrestle in one In that year But he has that record now
0: Wow And I mean Owens is a guy that Yeah in the old You know era not not attitude era but in the intervening eras between attitude era and now he's the kind of guy that they wouldn't have pushed because he doesn't have the right look and he's bigger and all these different reasons but they get it they They can obviously see like he's such a good heel i haven't seen him do much babyface work because i didn't watch the indies that he was on i kind of like haven't been watching them in the last few years but um he's such a good heel he's he's good he's
2: he's a good heel that i think he'd be one of those um you could still cheer for him and he mm. wouldn't have to go full babyface. Yeah,
0: you won't have to change his personality. He wouldn't
2: either. have to and change.
0: And he's somebody who definitely goes off script because like, he's oh, constantly man. just shouting at Cole, <laughs> shouting, <laughs> grabbing uh, JBL's hat and doing all kinds of stuff he's that like. He's you like, know, sorry, John. Uh, <laughs> you know they didn't agree for him to say half the stuff that he's doing yeah. and it works. It like, works. So if more people did that kind of stuff, and you can see, like, when Stephanie does promos, she's always gone off script. Because if anything happens, she'll always react to it. She'll always improv. Yeah. Yeah. Her and Shane, like, they were, they were, there was no way, like, half the stuff they were Descriptor. saying is scripted. She's good, so, though, isn't she? Oh, she's amazing. Yeah, I but think- it's like, if they're able to do it, if the wrestlers did it, if they're clever and did it in a way that's not going to get them fired, yeah. then obviously the sky's the limit. Like, Dolph Ziggler, as much as I love him, I've never seen him kind of blow me away by saying something like that you know wasn't scripted or yeah. you know he does stand up comedy in in his yeah. spare time but we've never seen him on T V so, yeah. be particularly funny or you know.
1: I think that's where some of them do fall down. Like I love Jack Swagger but he can't cut a promo. Mm.
0: And that's what he needed you like Jack Swagger. Yeah
1: you know, I love Jack Swagger man.
0: I I know I can see where you're P. P. From. Williams and Jack Swagger. Oh, yeah. What's wrong with that? I him. like any <laughs> I like any of the guys who come in from an amateur background and like they keep that in yeah. their thing like i when kurt angle first came in i loved the way that he used amateur wrestling yeah and, you know holds that other guys don't use and kept it all mat based and yeah, you yeah. could see that like he could actually out wrestle guys for real yeah, do you yeah. know what i mean because they would he'd just be wrestling rings around them using the kind of amateur stuff it was believable i love he, all that stuff And actually kurt angle would be probably one of my all-time favorites because as a wrestler it was unbelievable. But then in the promo department as well, like he He could be the the cowardly baby face or the real like vicious baby face, where like you don't mess with him, or not the cowardly baby face, cowardly heel kind of. And he was able to do comedy; he was funny. Like him
2: and Austin, comedy was amazing. Yeah, that was one of
0: my favorite things. And a lot of people hated when uh, Austin turned heel. And he talks about on his own podcast all the time, going, "Yeah, that was a mistake. People didn't want to see Austin be a be a heel or whatever." But that was one of my favorite things it. ever. Oh, him hugging Kurt Angle, wearing the cowboy hat, <laughs> the hat, and, the little hat. Yeah, and it kind of like I know it was totally out of character for Austin, you know, but he just went crazy, kind of, and I didn't, it didn't, it didn't jar with me too much. Like he didn't change his personality; it yeah. was just like this guy's gone nuts. You know what yeah, I mean? yeah. And like yeah, you can kind of justify that whatever way you want, but I, yeah, I'd say
2: Vince McMahon is killing him over what now?
0: Oh, what? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Because anytime Vince puts a promo. Like yeah. it's always what And he, you can see she's getting agitated
0: There's or a CM promo, Punk chance as well Yeah yeah.
2: There's a promo with The promo with Charlotte The night after Wrestlemania And yeah. all they were doing was What yeah. What What And she just couldn't handle it yeah. I don't think God love
1: her. Yeah I was going to say uh, Like If you take Ric Flair Away from her I think her stock diminishes So much like I like her, I, I like no, her no I like her in ring But I just think But you know she's on She's, she's only Alabama.
0: been wrestling for like three or four years. Yeah. Oh, has she? Like yeah. Way, I didn't know that. way less than Sasha, Becky, who've been doing it for and- years. Yeah. So she's an absolute like natural, and she's only going to get better and better. So yeah, when yeah. she's at the, when she's been wrestling as long as Sasha or Becky has, she's going to be. That's why I think like there's potential there. To kind there's of some great events. matches
2: from NXT with Charlotte and Bailey. Where yeah, she's yeah. brilliant. There's a great thing. going back to Kevin Owens. There's a great thing where he's in the wrestling. He's in the ring. And he looks over to Michael Cohn. He's like, shut up, Cole. I can hear you from here. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you haven't been told to say that. Yeah, but yeah. it's still hilarious. He shouts
0: a lot of stuff in the ring that's audible, that's deliberately audible. Yeah. That They yeah. obviously aren't going to script that stuff anyway. So yeah. you can kind of do whatever he wants yeah. then. Because I think a lot of wrestlers, they don't they don't shout stuff so that it's audible. You know what I mean? Everything they're saying in the ring, they're kind of talking to each other yeah. and otherwise they don't say anything. Whereas yeah. he's just constantly...
2: It's good a good way to hide the orchestration of yeah, it as well. Yeah. the fact that you can hear sometimes... Yeah, sometimes and the the mills sounds. and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Cody Rhodes was released this weekend. Was he? I he, I had, he yeah, he requested it himself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I so that. There's loads... And he released a very long statement to say why and it was all about his frustration of not wanting to do the Stardust character yeah. and he just wants to be Cody Rhodes and yeah. so he's he's left now but there, it's the season now where there's a lot of releases yeah. isn't
0: it think, I think he's right though I think him and uh, who's the other one the English guy um, Wade, Wade, Wade Barrett like guys like that who particularly Wade Barrett who weren't being used right yeah. they're better off walking away doing something else and seeing if they can come back to to fight another day yeah, right? yeah. but to come back in a much higher spot because mm. Wade Barrett had the personality he had the look he had everything going on. Bad News Barrett was brilliant brilliant yeah, was like a every time he, he got Barrett. over with something they then just kind of like put him to one side again you know, yeah. I think he had injuries and stuff like yeah. that but that guy definitely had potential to be a world champion, and he was going nowhere, so he's better off just getting out there. And uh, the big guy, what's his name? not <laughs> so about his name? Like, <laughs> Ryback. Ryback. He's more or less gone now as well, isn't he? Well, yeah, because he, he criticised the company and he, said like he, oh, I should be main event and stuff. I think he's the kind of guy. Now, I kind of I think he's the kind of guy that he's so set on his goals, and he's so that that he's 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 incredibly frustrated because, like, in fairness, even though he's not like a great wrestler or whatever, he is the kind of guy that should be. Going out and squashing guys and like having these monster heel runs and then getting beaten by you know they missed the boat with him though they missed the boat, yeah. two missed years the boat ago. with so many people but like he's somebody that because of his size and his intensity and all these all these things he should be much used be, much better than he is yeah. So I don't
1: but, I weren't we're there stories for him hurting people though like that he well, was uh, punk
0: yeah punk, claims.
2: punk went on a mad uh, one with yeah, uh, Cabanas. was broadcast. it just punk that like I don't know it was punk remember. that said he you can't trust him. Right, okay. Um, but he is... he In the last three weeks, he was sent home by Vinnie Mack yeah. because of contract negotiation
0: and I think they're just going to... He criticised He well, criticised yeah. their pay. Openly, he's basically saying he said he that... He should if, be main event and he's being used wrong and all this
2: kind yeah, of stuff, yeah. And that if he's fighting John Cena, if they have a match, he should be on the same pay as Cena because he's putting them over nah, and stuff like that, so... I don't know, I don't know about that. Yeah, he, it's like, not to work that way, yeah. it? He comes across as a bit delusional, I think.
3: He's...
0: Yeah, but I do admire I do admire. His have you passion. heard this whole thing about the secret and all this? Like, no, he's he's he came out and cut this promo. Uh, he was on somebody's podcast and talked about how he believed in the secret and all this laws of attraction stuff. That's right? like Conor McGregor,
2: yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: And a lot of people do now. I'm not. I'm not necessarily proponent of it at all. But that was that was the thing that got him to where he was. Like he went through a really bad period where he was like, depressed and all this kind of stuff. And then he refocused himself and he got to the WWE. And it was that kind of focus that got him to where he was and now i think he's in a situation where he's not happy so he's gonna take a step back and refocus again and he's another guy i wouldn't be surprised if he came back like i mean there's there's so many of them now that should have been bigger than they were they can't all come back and be huge but like one or two of them are definitely where uh, do they go
2: though because there's not really that's the
0: problem it's very hard for them to make their name Um, i think ryback could do well in japan I think he's that big like monster.
2: John Bernard type Yeah, like yeah.
0: they love those big, huge uh, Americans that can come over and be monster heels and beat up all Japanese guys and the Japanese audience will hate them. Yeah. So I think he could he could definitely I, mean, I don't know, but like that that would be where I'd see him making a name for himself and yeah. getting better as a wrestler, getting big and then coming
2: the, back. The uh, the Rose Danny you were talking about earlier, there's, yeah. there's this great series Kokobana has did you ever watch them they're like I think there's two or three
0: DVDs Oh the Rest in Road Diaries yeah. No I haven't seen them actually
2: Oh my god go out of your way to watch them they're brilliant there's one with Luke Gallows Yeah uh, and Cole Cabana. and they're they're just brilliant there's one with Daniel
0: Bryan before he Yeah it was just, actually a good boy he, kind yeah, of thing yeah. when he went hmm. to WWE yeah, I don't But know why I haven't gotten around to, to ah, seeing they're them they're
2: brilliant they're really it's a great There's one I th- No sorry that's a different but there's another show um on, there's one on BBC might be on YouTube, but the Scottish organisation mm. with Grado.
0: Yeah, I it's haven't sc- seen that either. Like, I know who Grado is and I've seen footage brilliant. of him, but I haven't seen that particular documentary. Brilliant documentary. And I'm a big Codecabana fan. I don't know why I haven't sought out all these things. Yeah, he's you brilliant. have to
2: watch those uh, Road Stories yeah. ones because they're, they're really, really cool. Yeah. His podcast actually is very really
1: good. It's, is a it's,
0: them,
2: yeah. it's even in the top 10 in Ireland, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's it's doing very, very well in Ireland. Um, we were ahead of him for a good sign to But... Yeah, but I think, again, it's because you're seeing that kind of peeling back the curtain type thing when yeah. he has people
2: on that. But he talks you know, about his uh, failed attempts on WWE and mm-hmm. they call him Scotty Goldman and yeah, yeah. That he c- yeah. it couldn't work. Um, but he's actually toured in Ireland in June with over-the-top wrestling. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, so he yeah, had
0: for that, yeah. I'll have to go and see
2: that. Yeah, it's in, I think it's in Dublin in, T- in Tivoli.
0: But there's another guy that... Uh, loads of like well-respected people like jr and you know, all these different people saw the potential for him to be huge in a particular type of role in wwe and that they somehow they didn't get it they Missed just the didn't see it like this is a guy who's just incredibly entertaining wrestler in a particular vein of of this kind of comedy wrestling but like way better at actually wrestling as well so yeah. they just. Mm. Could have been. They could have had him there for. He could have been a 15, commentator though as well. Yeah, yeah, but they could have had him wrestling for fifteen years and just having this different kind of match that you sometimes need to break up a night to you know slow down a. He'd be two. happy to do that as well. Yeah, no, that's what he does. Yeah, like, and he's brilliant at it, and it's just the fact that they never, they didn't see that. Like i I've looked back at, at matches he did, like dark matches he did um are not dark matches because they were obviously televised but matches he did for like heat and stuff Velocity like this. And all, yeah where he's yeah. Re- re- wrestling Matt Hardy and it's like the only time you see like a jobber come in and you're going this guy's deadly who's this guy because <laughs> yeah. he's like getting like he's getting heat on himself really quickly you know just being kind of stupid and and like just being a great heel and it's like how did they not see these matches and go yeah. This guy is a huge talent. It's bizarre. I
2: think he. I think in the early stages of the performance center, I think he went down to work with Triple yeah. H. So I don't know if he, he was in NXT
0: it, for or whatever it was before NXT. He was there for years. I don't
2: know if it, the doors could possibly still be
0: open. Well, well maybe with the Punk podcast, <laughs> <thing. laughs> I don't think so. I anymore, think if they yeah. ever like build bridges with Punk, you know, if I was seeing Punk, I'd be like, if I was ever going back to WWE, I'd be like. It's me and Cabana, and we're going back, and we're yeah. going to, you know, we're going to run yeah. in and pretend like we're on a Brock contract. Yeah, or whatever. But, like, the, I don't know why they never even put the two of them together just for, the, again, the fans just wanting to see it. And as big as Cabana was, you know, in terms of yeah. his whole podcast and everything, it would have been so brilliant for at some point when Punk was really um, annoyed, have Cabana in the audience jump yeah. the fence, come in, help him out. And, like, not yeah. only would it be helping him out in terms of, like, a good storyline, but having his friend with him on the road might have actually stopped him getting so annoyed with the company. And alienated and stuff. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But even, like, three-hour shows, you know, they could fill stuff in like that, but they yeah. don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do You know, they could have uh, C- Cabana jumped the rail and help, but they just... Th- it's a mm. three hour sh- yeah. three hour show is very hard to watch
0: yeah uh, that's why I don't watch Raw anymore that's,
2: NXT's an hour and you feel like it's about two hours and they get so much in yeah, it's great yeah, yeah. It's, the com- Corey brilliant. Graves is one brilliant. of the best commentators yeah. I've heard in years Yeah, uh, he just gets he's a great heel yeah, commentator he's really good, I'm yeah. looking forward to seeing him giving the push uh, Maro Ranola on, on Smackdown
0: I haven't listened to I haven't seen any of him I it he's Sma- great more like kind of old school is Ah, oh, he
2: calls every move yeah. nearly before the move is even done like he's really enjoyable it'll be in, when that goes live now I'll, I'll probably go out of the way to watch it when it goes I was, live I was going to
1: ask about that just which you saying like Raw being too long at three hours mm, and
0: definitely
1: now they've gone back they're going back to rather this whole we're splitting the roster we're going to have Team Raw and Team Smackdown oh, are they doing that? yeah, yeah they're they're an, an, they announced it today well yeah. during, <laughs> they announced it sure during that, the week yeah. With yeah. all the
2: releases still as well.
1: That's I just I don't know. Like I mean, SmackDown is obviously gonna be the, the, the B show So to speak Like is it I mean Well you... it,
0: oh, it always is But there was a period Before when they did this When Heyman yeah. Took over as And, yeah. a, and it, it got better than Raw And it was the wrestling show It was where They, they had all the good wrestlers yeah. And they put on The much better wrestling matches And that was one of my favorite he shit the bed though Didn't he That was one of my Favourite eras though When it was like uh, and Eddie Wall. Guerrero Brock But again
1: Paul Heyman being attached to it And having the sense And I think mm. they, they maybe need
0: Somebody like that to have that, wasn't Stephanie? Didn't she take over SmackDown for a while as she well? She was. She was
2: Heyman's, like yeah, she had. Um, yeah, Heyman had yeah, that yeah,
0: yeah. So again, if they if they do if they set it up in a similar way where it is genuinely competitive between the two brands in terms of the production of the show, and you've got somebody like Stephanie who's probably realistically going to be heading up Raw, but somebody else. Now I don't know whether Shane McMahon is actually be good at running it, but but somebody yeah. like that to take over the other one and they're actually competing against each other, then you you can benefit in terms of like you can get two very different shows doing different things and working hard to be better than the other, so that actually they bring everything up. Mm. Are they going to have to split the title again? See, that's I hope it, they don't. That's yeah. where it just falls leave it with one title. I yeah. thought it was
1: oversaturated with two. But, but then it's how to you mention two world titles? Yeah, but then right. how do they do the
0: whole? Just have the champion, champion on two between, shows, which isn't great either. Yeah. Who's he feuding with and stuff like? You know, yeah. they have done that, and I think I think it's better than the alternative, which is two world titles. Yeah. Like having two world titles means you might as well have no world title. You might yeah, yeah, have no. How can you be the heavyweight champion and then the WWE? was the only
1: time that two world titles to me was exciting was when they made it undisputed when Jericho I think was the one that yeah, won it was yeah. it when he unified them or whatever but,
2: but the, the intercontinental title should be back to where it is from the 90s you know, the secondary. Yeah, it made yeah. It, I mean, it a, if, they,
0: if they made it so that the Intercontinental title was basically like the Smackdown heavyweight title, I'd buy into that. Like, yeah, just make be right sure that yeah. the people who are winning it and the matches and stuff are good enough and it'll be as big as the world title.
3: Yeah. It's
0: funny that you mention about me.
2: Shane McMahon there because he did a podcast with Mick Foley on oh, Friday that on either. Monday After Raw. Why did he leave? Oh, yeah, and there was a bit where he said he left... Because him and his dad came to, pretty yeah. much came to blow us over creative.
0: He wanted to go in a different
2: direction. He wanted to go in a different direction. He wanted to push different people. His dad was just yeah. like, no. So he was like, they have a gr- Vince was Shane's best man at Shane's wedding. Right. So they are quite close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Shane was like, I had to leave because I didn't want to ruin our personal relationship, which is fair enough. Yeah. But it's interesting now to see if SmackDown's going live, they're splitting the band, they're obviously serious about SmackDown. I wonder if Vince is like, here, Shane you're back take it because he said the only reason he came back was from a phone call from his father and two days later from a phone call from The Undertaker so he was like the the biggest character in wrestling history has called me to come back of course I'm going to come back but he seems he's still there you know because this, this, as the storyline said it was basically loser leaves town yeah and never yeah. and he never left yeah so I just wonder I think that would be a great idea yeah. if he was given creative control yeah that could well happen. even behind the scenes it'd be interesting is to that see in terms pushes. of
0: them saying that they're splitting Splitting it is that the storyline that Stephanie's taking one and change we don't know no we don't know well but the a press release saying
2: down. um press release just said Raw goes live from July ninth or 19th um, Smackdown Smackdown was, sorry yeah. and the wrestling journos were tweeting uh, we can confirm it's going to be a brand split yeah and it'll be live on a Tuesday night as opposed to Thursday yeah and I'd so, watch yeah. it probably because the recorded show is just all uh, the live audience is muted and it's So I was going
1: to say it's that, it's that horrible like,
3: canned
1: yeah, yeah you Roman Reigns
2: t- comes out and is like yeah <laughs> you yeah, know that's not the real <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: um, it'll be interesting to see how they do it anyway mm. um,
2: we could I be here till next wrestling I you talking about wrestling definitely man yeah we go. It I, was
1: actually, was, I was actually going to say we're, we're pretty much running out of time now yeah. so like <laughs> but uh we definitely need to talk can I
3: come
1: about back and just talk about wrestling. Yeah, yes, absolutely. We need to talk what we should do we should absolutely. do. We should do it around like a big pay-per-view like maybe SummerSlam or Survivor yeah. Series or yeah. something. Roy do a big up. one.
2: They do the big four every year and we have Dave. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Dude, yeah, that actually be a good idea, do A stable one, like around yeah.
0: WTS SummerSlam. Yeah. yeah. Special. Yeah.
1: on I can or even Money in the Bank, I love Money in the Bank. Oh, that's the next one. Yeah. yeah. Money in the Bank is amazing. It's the one that like I just love ladder matches. Mm. Ladder matches just like that. Ever since I think I think it's the whole when the, the uh, TLC matches used to be on. they're the ones that used to like yeah yeah. Some I love the concept the of, of money in the bank. Yeah, I
2: love that someone has a toilet shot yeah. Like when Rollins cashed in, that was so believable. Yeah. Do you see um UFC for Daniel Cormier? He was in the crowd for that. Yeah. He yeah. when <laughs> <thing> he's seeing <laughs> yeah. set Rollins uh cashing in. He was like
0: Rollins. Uh-huh. Um,
1: th- it used to be, what was it? The, I, I don't know if they still do it this way, but it used to be, what was it? Like it was a million dollars or a title shot or something like that. Am I
2: imagining that? Yeah, you're imagining that, yeah. yeah.
1: I could it was have sworn. a title shot. No, but like it was, there was a certain, because that's where money in the bank was, and there's not a certain cash value in the briefcase or the contract for a title. Am I imagining that? I don't think so. It
0: doesn't ring a bell. No, it doesn't okay. ring a
2: bell. It was always a number one. It was always, um, there was two money in the bank matches. at There was two money in the bank matches at, the, at that pay per view. One was for the yeah. the blue brand and the other was for the red brand, Ronald Smackdown. Yeah, the round Smackdown. Yeah, it was never, I don't think no it was cash. monetary value. No. All
0: really. I'm clearly just imagining that.
2: Yeah, you might be thinking when Donald Trump was involved and they were giving away cash. Remember well, Yeah, France, they used to have money coming down. From or
0: or the, where the money in the bank type thing came from, like the, the, where ladder matches came from I think mm. back in the day I think it was like Bret Hart said they used to do them in stampede wrestling all the time and sometimes it was belts and sometimes it was cash, cash in a briefcase ah, as in oh, the wrestler Christ. could win like yeah. thousands of dollars Wherever whatever it was obviously all fictional Speaking
2: <laughs> of Bret Hart and just briefly um, wrestling books autobiographies have you read many? Loads What's your favourite?
0: Uh, oh god it's been so long now uh, Rick Flair's was good Brett's is good. Brett's is really good, actually. Brett's, Brett's was, was shocking, really, though, wasn't really it? Really long, very yeah, honest, very like,
2: revealing. Yeah, like, very he like he had a lot like, of affairs.
0: <laughs> yeah, he had one in every town. Yeah, yeah. I it was, was, it was actually really shocking to see because you could see that, like, where other people their vice was drugs or drink or whatever, his yeah. was absolutely like it was women. Like it was not a healthy the, the, situation. Yeah, he
2: shock.
1: Did he go into much detail about the the situation around own
2: on that? Yeah. He went it's is the most tell all, I think, of, of yeah, all the because it wasn't
0: done through WWE so they mm. there's no one to kinda censor of it. Right. So yeah, it is. It's really long as well. It's really and he kept long. detailed diaries so it's like he yeah, he, all through his life he kept diaries so he had But you didn't want it to
2: end though either. When you're yeah, reading it, you're kinda of going, yeah. What
0: the hell? It's I, been a while now since I read them all, so I can't really remember who who who's else. What re- other ones did you like? Um Dying on My Kids.
2: I like Jericho's first the one. First one, yeah. yeah. yeah
0: he um, so didn't, probably didn't need kid. to have like three or four eyes no of he's,
2: he's, a, he's a bit of a whore isn't he oh Mick Foley's obviously oh Mick Foley's brilliant yeah, I love Titan Brown as well the fi- I haven't the read fictional. that
0: but again I thought maybe like Foley didn't need to do like Countdown to Lockdown or whatever yeah, the third countdown one Countdown to Lockdown
2: <laughs> I read it the first 20 pages of that when yeah. I was going away and I just gave up yeah. um, but Bret Hartson, if you watch like Wrestling with Shadows great documentary unbelievable Very yeah awesome. and you'll see the relationship with his wife and I just kept when I was reading the book, I just kept going back to the scene the, in the yeah. kitchen when they're talking about the contract. And they're such a lovey dovey family. Then you read his book, and he was probably hooing off that the next day. Totally. Yeah. That's like I he had, it, he had
1: I, one I, in I, each city. I actually didn't know about this because I haven't read his book, and oh, I wasn't heard, aware. You love way. her; it's a great read. And reading. I, um, He's a dog. like, even that, I'm sort of saying to myself, "Hang on, this is Bret Hart, like it, the the, the favorite. The you know what I mean? The, it's exactly the how I Ultimate feel. baby face, yeah, like. Yeah. And I'm like,
2: what? Yeah, this is the, and yeah, I was completely shocked. Did you see?
1: You just touched, you said about Ric Flair's book. ESPN are making a thirty for thirty documentary about him. Yeah, is that happening? No, not yet. No, 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 not I heard yet, no. a
0: while ago. That was just the announcement. Obviously. Yeah. 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 So I can't wait to see that. Yeah, I love that thirty for thirty documentary. Yeah, thirty for
2: thirty on NXT was amazing. I haven't seen it that. Oh it's mm. brilliant It was out last A year A lot you to catch up on You do yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Any time I see your Twitter You're always like Three weeks behind yeah. me And we're like Come on Dave catch so up. slow to Watch everything <laughs> Just don't find the time
1: It's so hard um, We absolutely are Going to have to get you back in To do just wrestling Definitely yeah, uh, i love to we, we need to do more Of these wrestling ones yeah. we, we need to indulge In just stuff we like Every so often Yeah exactly <laughs> like, like, yeah. We're constantly trying To bring guests We're like What about stuff we want to do Yeah yeah <laughs> Pro wrestling Dave, if people do want to follow you on Twitter and that, where can they
0: find you? Uh, at David Coffey. Yeah. Sounds, Simple sounds convincing. <laughs> <laughs> I had to think about that, though. I'm, I'm at Dave Coffey on Instagram, at David Coffey on Twitter. Yeah. Not all uh, the same.
1: We'll, we'll push it out on air yoke anyway. We're at WTS Pod. And you can check out all our previous chapters on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Podbean, anywhere and everywhere. Just search WTS Pod. I'm at Danjo Murray on Twitter. He's at Merrigan Mania. That's on, it? on Snapchat as well. Yeah. You don't Snapchat anymore.
2: What's wrong with you? I just creep on other people. <laughs> that's what I do. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm so insecure taking public selfies and photographs and I just think it's cringy. That's. I don't know, man. I don't think it's cringy actually. I like when after I've taken it, I just hate the process of mm. the, asking people to take a selfie. The
1: for. 400 that you have to go through to get that one you want, doesn't yeah.
2: it? Yeah. Well, I was doing. Um, just name drop. I was doing uh-huh. a photo shoot at Ryan Tuberi last week and the I was doing it for the Irish Realtor Association and they asked me to take a selfie and I completely balled it. I, <laughs> I forgot my phone. You never forget <laughs> your Why phone. You never have Why did take about. a
0: selfie?
2: Um, just for their website oh, okay. or for their Facebook page. Oh, okay. I completely balled it. So it's like ask
0: Ryan to take a selfie yeah. oh sorry with okay yeah, actually, yeah, yeah not yeah. with just me Yeah, yeah. yeah. So why, why <laughs> I'd have done that at home <laughs> <laughs> uh, and
1: then obviously if you want to get us on Facebook as well we're facebook.com forward slash WTS pod Ireland we're brought to you as always by Fitzpatrick Castle check out Fitzpatrickcastle.com pop up to client yourself bring the family for dinner etc 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 mention us <laughs> Very convincing. So just, just say our names at the door. Just say, yeah. just say it to us. Thanks. There's a
2: charity actually for the uh, yes. friend of the show, Suicide or Survive. They're doing um, June 4th. They have a football match down in Cabin TD Football Club. It's Borough Legends versus Irish Masters. Uh, that kicks off at 3 o'clock. 5 euro admission fee. And then there's a dinner on in Fitzpatrick's Castle that evening. Uh, f- I forget the time. I think seven or eight. It's 50 euro per person. Gala dinner. Gala dinner. Um, all proceeds go to Suicide or Survive's workshops nationwide. Brilliant.
1: Um, pop along to that and check out Suicide or Great people. Great organisation. Logo people too. Dave, thanks very much for your time. Thanks for having me. Brilliant, nice. Dave. Thanks you for know. your time. Yeah. That's it. Until next week. Look. Good, luck. Good God bless.